What to do next? What to do next? Wait, wait. <laughs> um, I, I logged into Fidelity and noticed that um, a couple of ETFs are available, um, but there's no like price information. I don't think you can quite buy just yet. Um, like when you hit uh, like one BTC worth or whatever it is, one ETF share worth, it's not providing a market estimate yet. So I think it's like everything's uh, the infrastructure is getting set up right now. So I, I've just been digging through charts and looking at everything that hasn't popped yet or has like a nice pullback from the recent lows and just buying a little yeah. bit of everything. What do so, you think is a good, good, a good plan for now? So I, um, well, for now, let's see. Um, stuff that uh, looks decent at support. Um, Kuji is down to like 4.20 which is uh, kind of an interesting chart. It's kind of like someone's buying it almost exactly this price and has been doing so for the past, um, oh, I don't know, like a uh, week or so. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, for the really since all of December, there's been supported about $4. It's at the 50-day moving average. So Kuji is probably a reasonable gamble. Um, I'm down a little bit on my position that I bought at $5, but, um, it's at 420 right now, but it's fine. Um, other stuff like, uh, so, um, there's a fair amount of liquidity pairings with BTC and, um, some of the proof of work coins. So I added, um, Litecoin and Doge today with the intention that like, as things go up, uh, retail is going to show up over the next six months. And uh, I think Litecoin from here is like a pretty straightforward 3X. Dogecoin's probably also pretty straightforward 3X at this price. Um, like Doge major resistance is like 20 cents and it's currently at like eight cents. So you've got some, you got plenty of move, uh, room to move. Uh, Doge is like, kind of like right at its 200 day moving average, which is curled up, which looks pretty decent. Um, Litecoin's about 160 something. Uh, Litecoin is at 67 dollars at the moment. Oh, no, I mean the target is like 160 to 180 somewhere there. Oh yeah. Um, let me pull that. Let me do some quick fib on this one. Um, I haven't charted Litecoin in a while. I bought it. Uh, I bought it and sold it like bottom of the bear market. I bought it like 50 bucks and I sold it 100. So I 2x'd it um, last uh, year or like between 2022 and 2023, um, there's a lot of easy sort of gambles in the market you can make like this that are, you don't have to make like mega bucks on every single trade you make, but like some of these are quite safe. The beauty of like the um, older coins is that they have very good hash rate. They're very um, secure, a lot of liquidity and your money's not going to zero, you know? So like you can easily sort of play them if you'd like. Um, 
Now you have to look at them. Where are they in reference to sort of like BTC charts and stuff, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, like in terms of like, where are you going to get the better ROI and stuff like this? So sometimes I'll just throw them in there just to have a little position to watch or I'll like, you know, flip it for a two X or something and just move on. Um, like I'm not a big long-term holder of Litecoin or whatever, but I have traded them many times over the years to good satisfaction. Um, so, uh, I think it's 170, right? That's a fifth. Yeah. So looking at, uh, 413 is the top for Litecoin. $40 is the bottom current price 67. Um, let me kind of, my drawing got messed up here. Um, yeah, you've got levels that are at, um, like resistance for 2023 was $99 or hundred bucks for Litecoin. So you've got at least a $67 to $100 move pretty readily. Then you have like next is 129 and then next is 169. I think in a bull market, even if it doesn't like perform as good as last bull market, I think uh, LTC heading 170 would probably be quite rational. There's also this sharp drop there back in December 21, right? Yep. This is like this big, big, bad candle. And I think these gaps always get kind of filled, you know, that's kind of magnetic. I don't know why that tends to Yeah, happen. there's just not a lot of trading volume resistance in those ranges or whatever. Not a lot of orders sitting around. Um, like, But on this recent liquidation, LTC dropped to like 57.9. So it's pretty much liquidated whoever was long this thing. And, and the good thing is like, if it's not a very popular coin lately, um, LTC had it's happening already this year, and it's not a very popular coin necessarily lately, um, which means that there's not a lot of extra fluff in the market. It has a good store of value um, price at this point. Like the odds you're going to lose much money at these levels is low, um, especially because the bear market low is like 40 bucks. It's like 67 now. So like it's a pretty safe choice um, if you just want to throw money at something that. Like you don't want to lose a lot of money on, you don't want to take a lot of risk. There's almost no like there's no protocol risk here. Things like LTC, Dogecoin, you can just sort of like you can really pretty much buy these things really at this level, like exponentially all the way to the bottom. You had like strong retrace from the tops, you have plenty of liquidity, you have high liquidity depth. So you can actually throw quite a lot of money at these things and uh, not move the needle, which is like fine if you're a whale buyer. But you can basically like I think any kind of reasonable bull market, um, you could probably, you know, 2x these things. Um, you could even just simply just exit after 20% gain if you're going heavy. Like if you're going large on these, you know, you're going to make, it's way faster to make money on Litecoin and Dogecoin than it is on, say, for example, the stock market or something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like that Conagra twig ticker, right? That, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, like a lot. So a lot of these like things are boring, safe. but it's a safe thing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these things are like safe from a proof of work perspective, and they've probably seen most of their bear market bottoms. And um, with this ETF thing coming, um, what'll happen is is that like um, the the retail narrative hasn't played out at all yet for any of that, right? So it's like you've got plenty of upside. Um, it take even after like ETFs get approved and shit, like it takes like. A run takes about three months, and you have quite a few alts that have done a nice pullback, nice liquidations, and um, and uh, you know, like you could just prep for like a three month rally kind of thing. Um, that would be pretty pretty normal. Um, 
Some of the alts were looking kind of weak. So I, I mentioned yesterday I sold some of these things. Like I sold um, what injective I had. I sold some, um, like, I don't know, neutrons, some fetch. I sold, like, Akash. They may still go up. Like, it's, it's quite possible that they do, and I, I just chose wrong. But I'm like, of all the different things out there, it's like, well, shit, like, Litecoin's, like, right there at the very bottom. Like, like you know, <laughs> Dogecoin is, like, bottomed out. So compared to stuff that like could break out and go higher, like the, ra the rational choice to buy stuff at support at the very, very bottom. And um, the upside is really better. Um, Zephyr right now is a good price, 19.3. Like it fell back to that kind of like trend line that it was doing. Um, so that's another good one. I was like, I bought some more Atom with the thinking that like, if it runs back to 12 pretty quickly and Zephyr's running low, I can, I can arb that, basically sell Atom, swap for Zephyr. Um, on that bag, um, I bought a bunch of link just now, like a pretty sizable pile. Um, so I added about, um, oh, maybe like 50% increase of my link pile here. I think like, um, again, like it's going to benefit from the general rally. It's like consolidated for a nice solid two months, you know, give it another month or maybe even two, who cares? like a run from like 21 to 32 is probable in a bull market. And that's an easy two extra here as well. So like, um, I think the downside risk on Chainlink is like pretty much played out. Like even during these liquidations, like the lowest you went to is 12, which is support at, is like right on FIB. So like here at 14 or so, whatever it is, like, I think it's a, a reasonable add. Um, the re local top was 1750. Um, and the next FIBs up are 21 and 31.6. So um, I, I piled in quite a bit to those. Um, again, did, did you sell all your fetch? Or did you fetch, um, yeah, I kind of just sold it for now. Like, I'm not really happy with all my indicators going to the yellow as far as, like, you know, those little candle trend indicators. Now, they could just simply go sideways for a while. But I figured, like, with fetch, if one of these other things pops, like Doge or... Um, like Doge or Litecoin, it pops some. Even if they go up like 20 to 40%, I might sell them and then buy back Fetch. I just have these on exchanges. I'm not like sending them to wallets and shit. These are just trading things. Like if you think Fetch yeah. is like some sort of like, like it, you know, it's, it's certainly not an ideologic play for me. I have no interest in owning it. Like it's way overpriced and um, could move, but like, um, you know, as it became weaker and weaker and rolling over on the chart, I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's, it, it's just safer to go with a, with coins that are at this point at support and like the charts have just really taken a beating. Um, if you hold it, like you, it could still run to its all time high at $1.24. It's like 67 cents at the moment. I think it's fine if you're holding it and you don't have a big bag and you're just kind of watching it. Um, but I'm hoping for fetch to drop to maybe like, I don't know if it goes back to like 40 cents again, where I first bought it, I think I bought it at like 37, but if it goes down to that support again, which is quite plausible given its prior, previous price action, then I think fetch, I'll put an alarm in here to buy it again at like 40 cents. Um, I'm hoping that one of the other, sh you know, shits that I bought like goes up. Um, if Bitcoin starts to run, you know how this goes, like the proof of work stuff tends to run with it um, to some extent, but then um, the, the alts will sort of drag and even pull back some. Yeah, what I think is what we will see is basically also a lot of money going into ETH. Yeah. And and when, when ETH pumps, it's like these all they will be stalled out as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't it's massive, ETH you know, it takes a lot of money. 
let me see where ETH is now. Um, yeah, it's I don't it's, think it's it's going to move too much, so three thousand five hundred dollars or something. You know, just to catch up. ETH is looking good though. Now it's at um, yeah. it's breaking like above its recent consolidation. So um, chart wise, it it's not going to, doesn't look bad. Do two X, but it's going to suck up a lot of liquidity or out of these alts. So that's for sure. Yeah, possibly so. But anyway, yeah, ETH's chart looks fine. Um, let's see. Um, again, like I posted today, you know, Adam's price is good here. Anything above ten dollars for Adam is really solid. Um, pretty easy. It moves so much. Like Adam will move like twenty percent in like a week. So even if you bought it now and you just simply sold it at a twenty percent gain, it's just a quick, easy uh, thing that doesn't require leverage. And if it goes down, no big deal. It'll it'll survive. And um, it's one of those you have to dynamic DCA into. Like if you buy some, you always exponentially buy it because it's inflationary. So, um, and you can, it's a yield token pretty much. So you want to, you want to basically buy it um, bigger on the way down. And if you're going to use it for staking, especially you would buy it uh, dynamic DCA. Um, and it's current yield is, I mean, 14% or whatever. So um, you can always dump some into Adam as a store of value option as well. Um, again, not everything you have to own has to be like, has, you know, something that moons, you have to have some things that like sit around and like, we're going to do fine. And like, if, you know, it's like, if the market in general goes up, okay, great. It goes up. Um, if the, if you decide you want to use some of that for buying other shit, it's you know easy to swap Adam for anything in the cosmos. So like there's, um, you know, it's, it's very, very liquid and, um, um, you do still like I was looking at like some trading pairs like Puji and some other things. You still do get fair amount of slippage with Adam in terms of like uh, trade impact and stuff. So you have to be careful when you're swapping. Um, and you might want to swap in small bite sized chunks if you're going to send any kind of serious amounts of money around. But um, anyway, let's see what else. Well, I also I also think that for the moment this kind of AI play is a little bit stalled out. Um, since yeah. Most what was it? Times Magazine was it, right? That the filed that lawsuit. I mean, uh, pulled the thing a little bit down. It's like everyone's like, "Oh shit, they're gonna have to pay a lot of fines." And so I think that's uh, oh, the narrative. That's the yeah, moment. all that stuff is kind of whatever. But like, it, yeah, yeah, the, but the narrative, yeah, the, the memes, the narratives on AI have really, really gone down quite a lot. Um, yeah. So people aren't sharing as much. Um, you know, generative AI and all sorts of other shit as they once were when it first all sort of emerged. Mm. So I think like, um, as far as like AI narrative plays, you're going to have ongoing AI like news and searches as retail comes in. So I don't think we have the retail pump in crypto yet. So they might buy some AI stuff. Um, but a fair number of these look like ready for pullback. Like, um, I don't know, you take a cash, for example, it's like, it's had deep yeah. pullbacks on the way up. Yeah. Um, so you could buy it back if you sold it now, like, um, fetch is the same way. Like it's looking kind of toppy. Um, so like, you, you know, it's fine to sort of like rotate from a chart that looks iffy to one that looks a lot more, um, corrected. I would say like they've had a nice deep correction and there's like some, you know, you, you, you've, you've made it back to like a, a decent, um, how much, how much Porsche's worth of link did you just buy? Like two or three? <laughs> <laughs> like no like uh no no not anywhere near that much like no just like um i bought another like 30k worth of link it's not not a big bag it's like okay. yeah. like not crazy numbers 
Um, I'm just kind of adding to that one, just kind of playing with it. Now, Link's one that like um, in a bull market though could do a 10x. So I think like that's my intent. So um, like from here, it could do a 10x in a bull market. Um, from where I first started buying Link at like seven, like I got a lot of it under like right around eight to seven, seven to eight dollars. I think I could make a 20x probably in a full bull market, um, judging by any kind of past metrics. Um, the uh, and I, you know, stock market has been steadily kind of staying stable and trickling up as well. So all my positions there are doing fine. Worst case scenario, like if we get some kind of giga dump, for example, in Bitcoin, I'll just sell all the stock I bought over the last year, um, which is up like 25%. And just I could just sell it all and buy BTC at one time. That would be kind of a, like a pretty giga chad sort of move and just kind of, you know. We get a little bit more of a pump on the stock market, but it, it's going to top out somewhere in this year because it's just um, steams out of the economy, I think. It's just everyone's realizing, ah, this is not working that well. And Well, what it is is stocks have to be overvalued because there's too much dollars in, out there. Yeah. So it's like it may not have anything to do with fundamentals like stock market. Yeah. Oh, that's the situation, right? I mean, that's just the actual situation. But I think it, it will still go a little bit much higher you know a little bit I don't know, who knows how much but i think we make a new all-time high before actually we get a correction yeah because everyone's waiting like oh no it's gonna go down but it's not what it does right it's gonna pull a new high and then it's gonna dump <laughs> it's always doing that not what the majority of the people expect yeah i mean uh, like, one thing, so a good thing about maybe, having maybe interesting good thing about having a lot of different mm -hmm. positions is is that like i can sell anyone any one thing that like pops really high for some reason and um, I can always sell that and rotate into something that's down, um, which uh, yeah. is kind of fortunate here. There's always something in the green. That's that's the thing. Yeah, and right? there's always something in the red of, too. Yeah, you know, like you have to buy some 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 stuff that's uh, not completely in the cycle, and then no one actually bothers with a completely different market, completely different area. Yeah. And you just don't use leverage and then uh, you just use money that you don't need, right? Because yeah, this is all <laughs> play money. This is all just one big video game. I just enjoy the fun of it. Um, so it's yeah. not like, <laughs> um, you know. Oh, it's, it's, a big, it's a big problem, you know, if you have the psychology behind it. You know, if you need that money, you're always doing stupid things because you're yeah. just under pressure. No, you're under pressure it's, if it's under your, your, yeah. If it's money that you need for something, you're going to be under pressure to make. Either like take bigger gambles or you're going to be pressured to not hold when you really ought to be and you get shaken out or people take leverage and then get the wrecked there. So, yeah, the, the psychological pressure of uh, using money that you need for something is. Uh, I think most yeah. people are really bad about managing their emotions when it comes to this. Right? I mean, being autistic is one advantage, but most aren't. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either so, autistic or you have like you have become numb to it because you've seen so much up and down volatility in your life. Or that, or you just recognize your own emotions and be aware of it, you know. Yeah. And it's also good to deal with it. That's hey, awesome. there's one thing I wanted to tell you. Um China, the Ceph mining pool, right? They pulled up a new pool. Um and it's like most of the mining pools are not accessible. You have to go through a firewall. And it's really a nuisance if you use some software like HiveOS or something because you have to have uh, it's 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 a nuisance. Let's put it leave it at that. So this is for like Chinese miners or something. Yes, yes. And they this is like a clear pool. They have a license, so the website has a license in China, so it's accessible. I don't know why the government doesn't give a shit, but it's so did this accessible. did this just happen or what? Like 
Yeah, like it's not yesterday not, or something. Not, it's actually an XMR pool that added Zeph. And they're just at 24 mega hash right now, but it's like 200, 2,500 machines are already okay. working. So already something open. happened yesterday because like yeah. between 2.45 giga hash second net, like average, we dropped down today to like 1.56, which so something suddenly changed in some pools, which is fine with me because like even 1.56 giga hash is plenty of security for a chain of this, like the amount of value that's being secured. So it's like over secured to some extent. And um, it's easier for those of us mining to get more Zeph if it's like the hash rate falls a little bit. So I think yeah, this is, I think I think it's already up. it's already pretty high. You know, it's pretty profitable at the at the at the at the actual level. So there's but there's more people coming online. And if you can get cheap hardware and some used stuff, I mean that's where we get the hashing rate, right? For you have to get some hold of some used GPUs that were in servers or something before, right? Something like that. That's that's where you get yeah. the hash rate from. And um, you know, and Most like our are. hashing machines are like the amount we're hashing, it's like this is pretty much entertainment level. It's not really for any kind yeah. of serious monetary gain, but like uh it is uh interesting to watch the the progress either way. Yeah. Like the anyway. big pools the big pools right now are like um Hero Miners is number one, Mining Ocean is number two, Nanopools number three. C three is number four and Monera Ocean number five. It looks like that's the. Does, does anyone actually know if that Antminer X five is now available for? Um, for Zeph? Oh, good question. Was... I'm not sure. Um, ups ups down there. He might know. I'm not sure if he knows the. Yeah, if they upgraded Which... because what they used it, it's actually it's a Chinese Grisk CPU that they use is 25 core. I think it's really fully made in China, and that's why it's so cheap, right? And oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a Chinese make CPU. Uh, yeah, was where, where something. Have you bought one of these? No, 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 I didn't, I didn't. But I think someone tried to use it for Zeph, and they're like, oh, okay, the firmware doesn't work, doesn't connect to the pool, something's. Oh, I see, I see. Someone, will hack, someone will hack that shit to make it work eventually. <laughs> Well, they just have to update it. I don't think it's actually difficult, but they just the company has to do it. So you know, so basically, we're talking about generic CPUs that are much cheaper than like Intel and whatever uh, AMD and stuff. Mm, yeah, they are just risk. So they're risk processors. They're not even regular CPUs. Yeah, they're risk V. Yeah, they're kind of like an ARM processor, but they're a different architecture. And that's the problem that they're having okay. with them is that they're they have to be fully redesigned for like all the firmware and all the architecture that it takes to do mining and everything. Mm. But they're, they're definitely like a, uh, they're just like a computer processor that the X five is not an ASIC. It, it, it can mine anything. It should be able to mine anything that a CPU, um, like a, a regular CPU rig can mine. So people will call it an ASIC because it looks like one and Bitman makes it, but it'll be able to mine any CPU algorithm once they open the firmware up. The only thing it can mine right now currently, I think, is still XMR. And it's based in the firmware. They're looking for a specific height. So if, if any of these blockchains had, you know, if they were older, like like Monero. Oh, so it's just looking for a stupid block yep. that you can't change. Yep. When you look uh, in the logs, like if people that have the X5, I think uh, Rabid Miner is one that found it. But when you look in the logs, it, it was showing up as an error that it couldn't find that height when they were trying to connect it to, yeah. to Zeph. Sure. Shouldn't be a big deal for these folks to actually change the. No, and in terms of like why the hash rate went down, I think that's normal too. It's just from people either like a big farm jumped or like people rent rigs too from uh, Nice Hash or like those type places, and so they'll rent them usually for like 
six hours or a day or like whatever the time frame is. And so sometimes they just like don't re renew them or whatever. But if you if you watch it, and I know Steffi has like it, it just bounces all the time. Like it'll go down to one and a half and up to three, and then you know down to two point two, and just goes all over. Yeah. yeah, the average has been rising. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been rising just because, like you said, like more like you said the other day, like more Monero people are finding out about this. And so there's a lot of miners that like Steffi. I don't know about you, but like I've never touched my rigs in a couple of weeks. So some some miners like once they get yeah. everything set up, they just forget about it until like somebody or something week, tells them about it. Talked about it. Yeah, last we talked about it and I left it alone. I had a little bit of trouble with like, um, you know, failed hashes and stuff like when um, I was trying to overclock yeah. and play with memory stuff. And I just got it to a level where it was like fully stable and just I'm not touching it any further. Yeah, man, me neither. I mean, you could, you, could probably, you could probably eke out a little bit more hash out of the things if I fucked around with it more, but like it's not worth the time. I think that's why the hash is still ticking up is that a lot of these miners get like, you know, they just set it and forget it. And then when they find when they like hear about it over just the grapevine or time, they start to move their rigs over. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then there's cheap hardware also available. I mean if you get cheap electricity, it's actually it's an investment to do, but if you huh, well you can make money on it, right? With the right hardware and cheap electricity, I guess. At least, um, yeah, so I think because it's not, it doesn't look like we're sucking hash rate out of Monero, right? It's like, it adds. Yep. I I wouldn't know what they use with these server farms, are these all Epic CPUs probably from AMD when they rent them, right? Yeah, that's exactly what they are. They're like old Epics or old like Threadrippers or. Yeah, but they're expensive to rent, so. Yeah. Well, some of the older, like there are some older ones that people have been buying that from China that you can get for like six or $700 all in. Um, okay. And you know, they're like the double CPU epics, but you have to, they're, they're, I haven't jumped into that arena yet just because they take very specific ECC memory, like error correcting memory. And I mean, it's just like uh, anything where once you figure it all out, it's probably easy, but I've, 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 I know enough to know that if you don't have particular like hardware, so it's, it's very particular when you start getting, getting messing with epics in terms of like how you set it up and you even have to have like a special screwdriver to install the damn <laughs> CPU because like, yeah. it's like pressure sensitive and everything. Okay. It's like, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't have and the sockets and stuff. It's just, it, I mean, it's similar. Like it's all similar to the regular AMD Ryzen stuff. It just is a little more particular. Like I said, they have, they have like special screwdriver and special coolers and memory, and it's not all as good, like easily as compatible with each other either. And then noisy. Oh, by the way, if someone needs some Zeph now, it's it's trimmed back to like eighteen forty, so it's not at a bad price now. If someone wants was not happening to notice that Charter needs to buy some. Um, Mexi's price is at uh, 18.39 at the moment. I'm actually tempted again to grab some more, but like the previous bottom was like 15.80, and um, so it like ran back up to resistance close to 25, and then kind of um bounced back below that again. And um, it's quite possible it could go sideways a little bit here. RSI and everything else looks pretty good. Overall trading volume every day is quite good. Um. So um yeah, not a not a bad entry right here. It it fluctuates quite a lot as far as like it was eighteen dollars a second ago, now it's eighteen forty. So you have to kind of like click the button at the right time if you want to get a <laughs> decent deal. But um 
but uh, it wouldn't be entirely unsurprising if you got another like retest of that fifteen eighty um, for fifteen dollars eighty cents because like um, a double bottom usually looks really really good on a chart, especially on like a weekly time frame or a monthly time frame, um, and then uh, you can get really good continuation from there. Um, yeah, like do you have any? buy plans up as far as like Zephyr's concerned, some levels or whatever that you're looking at? The last time I bought was down here. Um, so I probably should be looking at it again. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think about like, you know, where's like the mega buy level here. I, I would say like if for some reason it slipped all the way down to like 10 to 12, it's pretty much in the gigabyte range as far as yeah, like. I was going to say 1450 for me. If I can get to 1450, I'll put a big, a big bag on it. Yeah, right there at that. Yeah, twelve to fourteen dollar level would be pretty big um, location. I think we've had consistently decent volume overall um, in terms of like daily and weekly volumes. Um, I think I think we've like come to an equilibrium sort of that is considerably higher than like what the volume levels were back in like uh, September October. It's probably like on average three to four x higher volume now than than it was then so it's like i think like reaching like the six to ten dollar level is kind of like uh wishful thinking um i'm fine pulling the trigger heavy at like that uh 12 to 14 dollar level as well just kind of like whatever it is i've got plenty i can deploy so it's not like i can't i have plenty of shit in the green in other portfolios for lots of different things so i can always like buy dips on things with other stuff rotating or whatever which is fun. Um, but let's see here. Anything else interesting? What do, what do you think about, uh, up, like, what's the buzz regarding other proof of work things like the Doge Litecoin mining combination, for example? Um, I haven't heard much about Doge and Litecoin. The, the big one that was recent was the AIPG one. Yeah, well, uh, these microcap types of things, of course, can go crazy. Um, let me see what happened to AIPG lately. Oh, it, it it went up to like 70 cents or so, and then it crashed back down to like 50-something cents or 40-something cents now. But it just was, um, I think well, the reason why I was getting a lot of hype was that it was, a, it was a lower cap. There was a lot of influencers starting to pick it up, so it was new. And then there's also been like, there's a, a big service called Unminable or Unsomething. I can't remember what it is, but they, they allow you to mine like an algorithm and then buy a different coin with uh -huh. it. So you can mine like AIPG and then get paid in Bitcoin or any other coin. I see. And they just picked up for and every they do it off of off of the algorithms. It's kind of like nice hash. They do the same thing where you if you want to mine an algorithm, they'll just pay you like a certain fee per day because they rent it out. But I yeah, I don't see a chart for AIPG. Um, uh, it would probably be on Egix. So you'd have to look at their Egix one. I but see. Uh, yeah, the AIPG, they just got picked up by the unminable company or whatever that service is. And so they all their Kapow mining is now using utilizing that algorithm. Is Which is good like and a, bad. Is this like a legit project or like what is it bullshit or what? Like what is this thing? We don't know yet. It looks like a legit project. They had some concerns about uh they've already had FUD where like people were saying they pre-mined it, but then that guy worked out. And then they had emission issues and they already like did something with that where they took the tokenomics and like trimmed it. Um, but it mm -hmm. does look like it it, it could be a, a good trade. I don't know if it'll be a long-term hold. It's a 45 it's cent now, like um grand scheme of things like especially because we have no fucking clue what it's for um, oh no we know i know what it's for right well right now it's 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 bs and what i mean by that is okay, they're just yeah. literally like building it's, miners um it's more narrative. To, 
Exactly. Yeah. They're building narrative to build the nodes up so that they can start the GPU POW marketplace. But I would say like this could pull like a Carlson type situation in that, um, you know, you've had this pump, but it, this thing could drop all the way back to its like starter price of like 23 cents. It's 45 now. Yes. So I absolutely. think anyone that buys this sucker needs to be like aware of a pretty good 50% drawdown still, even from this level to yes. retest its bottom. Cause it hasn't really had, it, it hasn't had very much price discovery to the downside because it only came out in December, uh, at least on the ZegX chart. So the no, thing that is, is accurate. Yeah, that's the, so I think it was launched there. With such a short price chart, like this kind of thing could bleed for months. Um, I mean, just go back to like, um, go back to like Zephyr's chart, for example, and you could have some bleed for quite a, quite a while before it sort of discovers its bottom wherever that wherever that wherever that is there's no like technical analysis you can do on this shit either it's just like truly um you this is like it's like any kind of new coin you'd have to scale in exponentially to that's exactly what i did so and that's what i was going to say is that i would recommend if anybody was going to do it is just dynamic dca it or small yeah like if you, if you got like a thousand bucks here at 45 cents it'd be like if it goes to 30 cents or something you probably double that if it goes to yep. 15 you'd 4x that or whatever and just go down all the way to the bottom with like a very small initial position so you you have capital just waiting this direct guy from india who had his hand up maybe once oh direct yeah. yeah what's up man go ahead feel free to interrupt at any time because we just carry on and on hello guys what's up i have a question for you like I have $20. Is there any token that I can buy? And I'm going to millionaire in just three months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Zephyr. Yeah. So I can buy in $20? Yeah. Yeah. Crypto, you can buy any, any increments you want. I, I earned, earned my money shilling injective token on Twitter. Nice. Nice. So you're just like uh what's his name then? You're, you're like yeah, you're like Bikram. You like to you're Bikram, like, yeah. The art of the shill, huh? Mm. Um yeah, I don't know what's going up. Um <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun turning twenty dollars into a million though. I can't wait to see it happen. I hope you so drive you like maybe a Lambo or something too. Yes. So you can guarantee I'm going to win maybe in twenty twenty four. Nice. So in 2024, you'll, you'll compose pictures of Lambos on your timeline. Yes. You might check out this Autism. meme coin on uh, Injective called Autism. That yeah. might be better for 20 bucks, in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. So it's a meme. It's a it's a proof of virtue coin called Autism. Proof of virtue. Proof of virtue, like like uh, like Bajin. doing good deeds. Yeah, proof of virginity. Um, he's he's posting it. Bikrams every single post, so I think they're in the same um, uh, market manipulation uh, group. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Scary, more more like, but I guess cool, cool, <laughs> cool can be one of the words to use it. Yeah, you get like this is all fun. Um, it's all one big video game. You have every type of person in the space. Like, there's not really any reason to uh, like uh, <laughs> like ignore anybody. Yes, true. Everyone's having fun. One big video game. It's just like going to the Chuck E. Cheese video game arcade. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, some people go there for the pizza. Some people like go there to play like skee ball. Other people want the fucking tickets to buy the PlayStation. Um, it's the same exact thing here. Listening to the space yesterday, though, I got kind of vested interest in uh, making sure that Bikram got himself a girlfriend. So I wonder if he's going to go yeah. to that university today <laughs> <Yeah>. or not. <laughs> That's why he's not on right now. He's like, he got. That's what I was thing. thinking. Is I wonder if he's like really out of university, reading some books and making some friends. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to stop talk, fucking around talk, on the internet. Talk, talking about girlfriend. Talking about tickets to buy shit. Uh, have Have you got a reply from Bidali? Um, about what the Zephyr or something? No, like with uh, for the most part, using Bidali is pretty easy because like you can just simply go from Zephyr to any of these exchanges have like Atom or ETH or something and just transfer that over, no problem. So I don't think we have any issue using it at the moment. But I didn't get a reply back either. I'm not sure if someone's running their Twitter account or not. Okay. Not 100% sure. Or maybe they just don't like answer most of those or whatever. <laughs> they have a pretty good, uh, they have pretty good liquid coins on their uh, system. So certainly um, something that you can use. So you don't like, have to box. A reasonable thing to do is like take some profit. Um, like next time Zephyr runs or whatever, uh, takes profit, maybe convert a little bit of ZSD somewhere to like Adam. Send it to Bidali and then you can go ahead and like pay for like, I don't know, get like a thousand dollar gift card to say your Apple or Google cloud account and get maybe another couple thousand dollars for like Amazon.com or wherever you like. And basically just go and like re log those gift cards into those destinations and it'll just pay for your like cloud services or smartphones or some shit for the next you know next years or whatever <laughs> like it's it's pretty good um it's a good way to convert crypto into something that you're going to use for sure and like it um and you pay the bills essentially with it yeah that like the conversion of some of these things to adam uh yesterday was a good move i got like adam at 940 it's already at 990 already so that's Pretty fast move for one day. Adam's good at like, when you see big dips in Adam, it's awesome to buy because it moves like, oh man, like within a month, it'll get like 20% moves pretty easily. So you can, even if you don't intend to hold it for long, you can use it as a quick trade. Anytime there's a big dump like we've seen um, and uh, you're back at like support levels on the fibs and stuff, you can easily just add some and just trade it fast. Um, and there's plenty of stuff in Cosmos too. So if like, let's say your Adam pumps 20% or some shit, um, there's always something else in Cosmos that you can buy, like trade in Osmosis or on, uh, on Kujira or whatever, and um, easily like trade that if you'd like as well. So you can kind of like build your bag sort of. Why my computer's making little. Oh, um, got an email that I have to fix. Anyway. Um, so what else is going on? You think we're going to get the ETF approval today? I think we did. Um, there's a couple of them showed up on Fidelity now. I saw that there were those uh, like like screenshots of like limit orders that you could put, but they don't look like they're actually trading or not. Yeah, I don't think they're trading just yet. So I think they're about to come. <laughs> yeah. Not, everyone waits for the Gensler tweet, right? <laughs> some, yeah, some bullshit tweets. Like, I don't think anybody will believe it if it comes out now. <laughs> it's so stupid, you know. I mean, it's like, oh man, we're not surprised. It's the government. 
If they can fuck everything up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I want to know is, did it flush out all the volatility? Because we had that other one too, right? When they, when that intern, the coin desk intern, tried to say that that it passed, like a month ago, and did the same thing where it like shot up, you know, a few percentage points and then shot down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably some North Korean guy got filthy rich, you know. <laughs> yeah, these these fun little liquidation events are cool. Like that happens all the time, guys. Like if like there's always some random news or tweet or some viral thing that just happens out of nowhere and just it, this happens all the time and it's like this is why like if you think you're going to use technical analysis and shit and then go and use leverage on exchange and win every time like it doesn't matter if you think you're some technical fucking wizard or whatever you're going to get wrecked um if you don't have your stops and things set properly um yeah. and volatility can be quite wild especially on specific exchanges like there will be specific exchanges that can be way more volatile than um, than like the general average price, and so um, liquidation risks can be quite impressive. People make this mistake quite a few times before they realize that this is a thing, and then they, um, um, yeah, and then they change their trading behavior as a result of it. You have to admit that basically the SEC official account tweeting something getting hacked. It's a different thing, right? I mean, just imagine the, the sort fact. of, but like things like that have been um, happening like every year, every yeah, year. Like every few months, there's something like that. It's volatile, but just imagine the Fed tweets something like, okay, we're going to hike another. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, then I agree. It's up. weird that it and, came from their account. And, and then the bank goes back basically belly up and it costs the entire country a lot of money. To apparently, someone did essentially a SIM swap on them, essentially, or used their phone number access to. Yeah, they, they basically SIM swapped them, is what happened. Yeah, but shouldn't that be like a requirement for all government accounts to have like a SIM swap or a two factor turned on? Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. But like, <laughs> who knows? Like, it, it seems like at this point, X should 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 just be like, take the the wheel and just enforce it, right? Because like, we know the government people aren't going to do it because they're fucking incompetent. No, so like, even even like in small companies, small businesses, or like yeah, government offices and things. The reality is like, the um, the number of various like online accounts every organization have is gigantic, and the number of people that are actually sitting there like doing operational security or like some IT guy going through everybody's shit and checking their security is relatively low. So you're gonna have stuff like this happen, even at even like your own personal companies. If you have employees, it'll happen eventually. Yeah, and I was just thinking like with how important government jobs or like accounts are in terms of like what they can sway with just you know one tweet. They should have in like higher enforcements from the from the X side. And I'm not blaming X, I'm saying because they can't handle it. Like the government accounts, like you said, like people in individual offices are not, and they're not competent and they don't get paid to do it either. Like, why should they care? Yep. No, they're, they're not like, it's not so much that they don't care. It's just like, nobody likes using long passwords and nobody likes using a password manager to manage their long passwords. In fact, um, many government agencies and companies and whatever, they actually don't pay for a password manager for their um, users. And it's not rational to expect people to memorize like gigantic passwords. Um, like, you know, so there's different ways to to do them. But a lot of these systems, like if you go to work or you go to um, like, I don't know, most of these systems, the, the thing does not like recommend a password strategy. Like, let's say, for example, a word dash word dash word or something like that. 
Um, they just don't like people just have to get smarter about this, but like most people don't know what they're doing with this sort of thing. Like most people I would say. Um, so it's like, it's like the people getting into crypto. It's like, before you figure out what buttons to push, like you have to have almost like a lesson in computer security long before you push any crypto buttons. Most people go the other way around though. They lose money in crypto somewhere or like they learn this stuff later. It's not the first thing people pick up. It's why like custodial services still exist, like Coinbase or whatever. It's like most people can't be bothered to like use these things properly. And even if they did, like the user experience for um, seed phrase slash smart contract based security risks are just really, really high. Like it's just like the average person is never like mass adoption is not going to happen. Uh, because like one, it makes one, no sense for most people. Oh. There's also one thing that people are not aware of. If you go to post quantum cryptography, these keys are getting particularly large, right? So they're really big. So these seed phrases, they're gonna fill sheets. You know, it's not just like it's 25 words or something. Yeah. Mm -mm. Different. It's a different beast. So and that's coming sooner or later. I mean, it could be 10 years from today. Who knows? You know. But... So. Um, so much for that you know the other so problem is like, like government systems their computers um like federal yeah. government computers do not allow you to <laughs> yeah the, well the federal federal government computers do not allow you to uh install so for example like your personal password um app so you can't really install anything on them so any kind of like password manager you use for government systems is going to be your own thing on your own phone and the problem is, like, if you have a really complicated long password, what are you fucking going to do? Type that thing in every time? No, nobody's doing that. So almost everyone compromises their um, password security in the name of convenience um, in government systems. Because, like, um, even, like, password managers that might be embedded within, like, browsers like Google or whatever, like, you don't have your own account that you can log into a lot of times on those systems. And uh, so and you can't use, like, extensions and things. Right. So like password manager extensions. But when you use those type of things effectively, they can be quite good at like dramatically increasing your security level. But it's just like on corporate and government systems that are not your own, like it's not your laptop, it's not your computer. It's just a clusterfuck. It just it's just problems likely to happen. Especially when it comes to like passwords and if they don't have like biometrics. So some of the federal systems have gone to biometric, like they will ask you for like a short password but they you also have to have a like card that you stick into your um computer and some of them have biometrics some don't so it just depends but like yeah it doesn't surprise me that the sec's twitter account got sim swapped or whatever it's just stupid um so no, i don't i, I don't know how they, they got in they don't how they care got too much phone number. Exactly. i think they don't care too much about that right so they're like okay it's just a twitter account so we don't need to worry about that kind of yeah, it's more than that, though. Remember, government employees come and go. So even if you have, like, an employee that's all set up and doing it right, the minute some new employee comes, um, and I'm sure they changed employees, like, underwear to some extent as far as, like, roles, then you wind up with some new person that just compromised security. There's no there's no internal – it's not like a baton being passed in a, in, a, in, a, in a race or something where, like, security is passed from person to person. So even if someone sets everything up perfectly – some new dude will come and fuck it up. Yeah, and I saw a report that the tenure at the at the SEC is like the worst in all of the government different arms. 
So supposedly it they didn't surprise have me. Two-factor authentication. This isn't verified, but supposedly it was literally just email. Elon said. No, Elon Musk like t- tweeted specifically that they didn't have t- TFA. <laughs> That's so bad. Set up, and they also they also got SIM swap too. Oh my god! So I'm not sure. How Wait, they, how do you get they, they got a third party two-factor? I thought that was. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't really know. I'm not well, sure because it's SMS by standard. Like everybody think has it. It's just set up SMS. You have to turn on the app. Which everybody should have used. Like, if if you're using SMS two factor, you should like it's better to not use two factor SMS at all. Yeah. Like, so they might, they I think had like two fact they had um may have had two factor set up for their smartphone number. But they did. Everybody it. does. Like, if you sign up for Twitter, it makes you use SMS unless uh-huh. you have, unless you like tell it that you want to use the app. So if you don't have an extra two-factor authentication, like an, an app or something, on top of that, someone can SIM swap you, basically. Yeah, like when you when you sign up for Twitter, it asks you for your phone number to verify. No. So that's I, I have a Twitter. I have accounts like alt accounts that do not have phone number linked. Yeah, but you probably have the other one. Like you have a way of authenticating it somehow, no, no, right? Like just, you did in the beginning. If I lose access, to be honest, like that's the risk. <laughs> I, I think that now they make you though, because I just signed up for a, uh, like an alt, and it asked me for my phone okay, number. Okay, that could that. be a new thing because I haven't made one in quite a while. But like I said, I, I, I would just advise, and this is this is financial advice: like everybody, use the app. Do not use the phone number. Like if you use a phone number, you're asking for somebody can Google your phone number or your name, get your phone number, and then start calling around, or they might have friends that work at at, at, at wireless companies. And like literally, like that's all it takes. Especially if you're somebody that's big, like an influencer, and your name's known, your phone number is on the internet. Historically, like in the U.S., for example, AT and T was worse than um, Verizon. Verizon, like, um, doesn't have like a simple. You have to use a PIN number even to talk to a customer service rep. Whereas with um, with uh, like AT and T, it used to be that there wasn't that extra security. So you just talk to some person, sweet talk them into doing whatever, or like um you know changing the phone on your account or doing all sorts of weird shit um but yeah sim swap attacks were much more feasible with um certain pr- uh network providers smart what they providers. do is like like you said they just keep calling until they find somebody willing to work with them or they'll go into a store to a physical location and have a friend that works there type of a thing i think the sim swap stuff happens uh what my understanding was is that like there are some people bad actors that go and get jobs in those positions yes that and happens to you like that inside inside people working there and they sneak these things to people that want to you know get lists of these some of the carriers have set up like locks where you can tell them that you want to lock your account and you and the only way to remove it is to go to a physical store and like produce yeah i think verizon is one of those as an example yeah i don't it's not universal and some of the carriers like you said are like they just don't care like i think t-mobile just doesn't give a fuck like they yeah but like the the SEC thing, like I just think it's just routine government password management for like social media and external sites. They're just likely to fuck it up. Any company could actually. In fact, probably half the people in this room have fucked up security personally. Um, most people probably have pretty embarrassing um, security strategies. So like that wouldn't shock me at all. Like that uh, that folks in government don't know. Are you saying my little notebook of written passwords is not safe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, That's probably safer than using those password managers because at yeah. least it's not like live, like a live wallet. Yeah, I do not trust those managers. It's like put all of your things in one basket. So if it does get hacked, you're just entirely fucked. <laughs> there was one that got hacked too. 
Yeah, there I was. I can't remember what it was. crazy. I forget the name. It wasn't me too. It was also one of those authenticator apps that it's got like hacked too. It's like centralizing your passwords. Which... It makes no sense to me. Like, why would you ever put all of your passwords in one place? Like, that really doesn't work. Although mine are in a notebook, but. Another general strategy is you need different emails for different purposes. Yep. Most people should have probably like four or five different emails right now. Um, I would do one for your smartphone provider. It's completely separate that you don't do any financial transactions or anything with. Um, I would use one for um, like mm, your public facing stuff, like things you email routinely out for different things. I would use um, another email for like mm, logging into financial transaction sites, uh, like TradFi stuff, your bank, your brokerage. I'd use another email for crypto related shit that's probably more anonymous. Um, I would go for um, some emails, accounts on ProtonMail, for example, that are in Switzerland and basically non-KYC. So it's actually not possible to connect your email to your name. Um, so these are all different tactics you can use that like, um, yeah, some people go and do like hard wallets and all sorts of other things and, and hardware authenticators and stuff. But generally, like you're 99% of the way there if you are doing the basics and um, multiple email addresses. I even have an email stuff that I use for junk, like for applying to things. Like, you know, when you sign up for accounts and ask for an email address? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. All that. Because that's how you get all those like junk emails and shit is that you get on those lists. So I always throw in like a dummy email in those. Unless I need to use it for a login. You know that ProtonMail like... acquired this company that um, provides this one-time emails, right? I can't remember the name, but it's just ProtonMail actually bought that, bought that service. It's not that expensive, I think. Pretty reasonably priced, so you get one-time emails for whatever, you know, you sign up somewhere and you don't want to be bothered in the future. Yeah, like single-use email and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of seeing if like there's any kind of interesting pumps related to. Um, I had too many goddamn beeps on my computer. I got to turn off like everything. Every little notification winds up with little noise. I have my laptop open. It's annoying. So you think Link is a buy here? Huh? Sir, I uh, have a question for you. Uh huh. So what is ACC? I mean, what is the full form of ACC? Securities and Exchange Commission. Securities and Exchange Commission. That that's mean they are going to provide securities, right? No, they 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 regulate what are called securities. Securities are like stocks and things, stocks and so, commodities and whatnot. Yes. So Securities Exchange Board don't have the security in their Twitter account. So it's not a security. I think it's not secure security exchange board. <laughs> it's a different it's a different type of security, but yes, that's about right. Mm, anyway, yeah, securities and security, two different words. <laughs> they're a synonym or they have the same um the, the the word means two different things. Anyway, um all right, so what else is going on today? Um, someone uh, messaged me about a chain that, uh, let me see if I can find the, um, people send me like a million calendar invites and the fucking things just make a lot of mess, making noises and stuff. Um, 
hold on, let me look through my DMs here for just a second. There was a, um, uh, let's see here. So there's a, there's a coin called Corium, C-O-R-E-U-M. It's available on Osmosis. Apparently a fast blockchain with, um, um, Cosmos Junkie pointed this out. It's like, it's a chain based on using primarily IBC traded assets. Um, it's market cap is relatively small. Like I think it was like under a hundred mil or something like that. And I don't know what it's good for, but he was asking if we could research it. Um, they do have a Twitter handle. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, it is... Okay, I'm going to like retweet this or something if I can. Okay, I just sort of sent a little tweet that said Corium official. Hmm. And if you guys can look at this, see what you think. Um, blockchain infrastructure architected to meet critical scalability, security, interoperability needs to power enterprise solutions on chain, which basically means nothing. Um, anyway, new chain. I'm not sure if it's particularly useful or what any of the cosmos folks know what this thing is let me know that's weird it didn't actually post what happened can you guys see that or no if you add someone that doesn't not go on your timeline or what anybody no what um i was trying to um share this um no, nothing there corium official i did not Let me see here. How do I? Here, I'll just share one of their tweets. Now we can get to them. Yeah, you replied to them, I think. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I put it up top if anyone wants to see what this thing is. But there's now an LP on osmosis for this. Um, and I don't really know what like market cap or anything else is on this. It just debuted or whatever in on December 13th. So it's probably had some chance to sort of pump and dump a little bit. Let me check and see on Coin Hall if I can find the chart for this thing. Um, you can find it on TFM. Is it there? Yeah. Corium Osmo. Yep, it's on. Uh... So it's $1.25, I think. So let's look at this chart. Um, yeah, it started out like in yeah. early November, late October. It was at uh, eight cents. It peaked at twenty nine, and now it's at like twenty cents. Yeah, twenty. Yeah. Chart looks like it did its pump, and then like has its. It's finding its new bottom. Um, pretty new, so certainly worth being careful with. Um, I don't know what the hell it does. Um, it doesn't say in here. It's like only a $1 million liquidity in here. Um, it's not a particularly big thing. And I don't know what kind of FDV this thing has and all that stuff. So um, anyway, but it's kind of new and 
might be worth uh kind of weird these little candles this is something I, I i don't really like when i see these very tiny candles daily candles you know it's like a, oh around, uh, well it just usually means there's not a lot of people interested <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the buys are really small i mean you know these things like keep in mind like a lot of cosmos chains they don't they don't do um shit as far as price action so you do have to be careful buying any significant amount. Um, it just means there's not much buzz around it, you know. Yeah. No volatility means no buzz, which is kind of, I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows, you know. Maybe worth looking into what what's it, what, what they claim to do. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's some, like trading IBC assets or something. Okay. okay which I'm not sure is anything important. Not, not really sure. Okay, let's put it on the list and watch it for a while. Who knows? It's really not much trades going on there. No. no. Hmm. I'll add it to the watch list and see. Wait a minute, how do you add this to watch list in Coin Hall? Just find the damn button here. Oh, there's a little star. Okay, there it is. Anyway, I added it in there just to see. Um, I never bookmarked autism in here too. Let's do that while I'm here. Okay. Yeah, anyway, someone pointed this thing out. It's, I guess it's a new chain. I don't know if it's like, can you actually withdraw to the actual chain or what? Or did you just leave it on osmosis? Did any of the shit that I bought today go up? Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like they're kind of neutral. I have no idea what's beeping on my freaking laptop. I don't know if it's like email or what. Yeah, I think it's email. How do I turn the fucking sounds off on this thing? It's really annoying. <clears throat> Let's see if I can accomplish this. Ah, new message sound, none. There we go. Um, yeah, my link sort of average now is $9.09 after this recent buy. So Doge, Bitcoin, everything's pretty much sitting there. No one's reacted at all to sort of ATF anything so far. Yeah, it's going to take a while, I think. What, another day? I guess, Sefi, you were talking before about this personal security around passwords and whatnot, right? So um, did you see that recently where they basically, I don't know what they used, but they basically did the whole thing with uh, holding up your passport and uh, and IDing yourself with the passport or whatever, right? So photo ID uh, to, to basically just scam people. So what do you think how this is going to, work out in the near future with generative ai and i mean video ids yeah they'll, just, they'll have a couple, they'll have some new kyc rules at some point probably <laughs> who knows that's gonna be interesting maybe even now it's like they're not very stringent i mean it's pretty superficial shit you can pretty much use anyone's passport from anywhere and punch it in there and it'll work pretty much I mean, to open an account, but to fake it and then steal someone's money, it's a different story, right? If they have something on record and you try to do it, they treat that differently than just re registering, right? So, there's two different things, I guess. Anyway. Oh, the duck.
Oh, hey, Doc, how are you? I knew he was going to say that. Did he say fuck? I think he said fuck. Pretty sure, yeah. Bill, what do you think he's saying? I don't know. He sounds stressed. What are you, some kind of animal whisperer or something? How do you I know? I just grew up on a farm. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He sounds he sounds happy and healthy. <laughs> Sefi, do, 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 you, do you remember yesterday it was Citizen's Dawn and he said something really weird and Bruce was just like, I do always, always have to be so weird, you know? <laughs> Man, that guy does have a talent for saying weird shit. I'll say that. Yeah, he doesn't get. He doesn't really get to the point ever. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's true. But the story about that tunnel was interesting. Couldn't just talk yesterday. That guy that keeps on digging right <laughs> through the whole desert. I remember that story, and 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 ah, man, it's really weird, right? <laughs> I mean, I can understand if you want to get out of a prison, right? But if it's just for no particular reason, dig a tunnel <laughs> in the massive rock bed, you know? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to do with these Doge and Litecoin ones, um, so I don't have to pay attention to them. I'm just going to set some limit orders on these to sell at, like, a predefined point. Um, it's just a lot easier than watching this bullshit. Yeah, it's not going to be that. Make an easy three X and like just have it, you know, show up as a gift one day. That's the other thing with these small market caps, right? If you just walk away and don't watch it. <sighs> yeah, I don't think I don't move all this shit off exchange. I just sort of um, even then, you know, sometimes you just uh, let 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 it run, you know, and you come back and it's like, oh fuck, you know, <laughs> it went up and it went down again, and you're just back, you know, watching the chart. Oh yeah, that's true. You could you might miss the actual sell. <laughs> it's like oh fuck, <laughs> happened to me quite a few times, you know, especially oh, when yeah. I'm on holiday somewhere on the stupid beach and I'm coming back, it's like fuck. <laughs> you missed the like the pump. But you know what? You would have not necessarily caught it either way. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? You wouldn't have sold it because it's too greedy anyways. <laughs> yeah, you would have gotten greedy or something. So like Doge, I'm going to set a 19 cent at FIB. Um, these things hit FIBs like like so perfectly. It's just easy to sort of use that. Not only that, but retail tends to like, like even numbers like 20 cents or whatever. So if you do it like a penny lower than that, you're fine. But um, this will be a, an easy sort of like quick trade we just put like the max amount here and do it okay there we go buy my wife something nice with some dogecoin gains later you know this like oh phil have you heard anything new about the dogecoin satellites and shit no but i heard that there is a new coin for it and i was like oh great they're gonna do that thing where it's like not the coin that makes sense because <laughs> they're gonna launch a new one it's called doge one or something i kind of stopped caring Who's who's gonna who's gonna launch this? So I, it's like it's like SpaceX, right? I don't even know who's launching the rocket, but they're launching the rocket. But like who's launching? But they're gonna add a different coin. Oh, so there's like a a meme coin I heard about called like Doge One. But that's probably it is. It's, it's just like catching the narrative. So like that's not gonna be yeah okay. Yeah. But in terms of upside, I wouldn't be surprised if like the stupid meme coins do way more than the actual coin involved. Yeah, although last time uh, Elon tweeted, um, you had a pretty nice pop. Like you had a two x like within moments. Yeah. Like, Although he tweeted so yesterday, what that showed he me is it's quite possible. 
it's quite possible to pump it really quickly if, if when the time comes. So all you have to really do is like Litecoin, Dogecoin, you just have some, you put a limit order in that shit for like 2x the current price or something. Mm, like take, for example, Litecoin's at 68 right now. It's like um, sort of like, let me pick a spot on the chart that looks kind of nice to sell it at. Um, yeah, like around, I think 130, which would be like a 2x from here would be a good sell area. Let's pick 129 just to kind of like front run the number. Always, always <laughs> run the whole number. That is definitely my strategy. Yeah, front run the whole number. And then, um, yeah, good till canceled. And it'll eventually sell. Um, pretty easy way to make a buck is just, and Litecoin right now, by the way, it looks like it's about to, it's sort of retesting its um, sort of like January 24th sort of mini top here. So I think it's, it looks like it's going to break out. Yeah, Litecoin looks really sharp. It's had like green candles for the past, like, I don't know, day. Every hour has been green candle for a while now. So it's definitely running up here. And has a nice, like, has quite a few, like, hammer or whatever candles at the bottom um, recently as well. So it looks really solid, technically speaking, just chart art-wise, um, to run. I think it will. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's just like the chart looks super, super low risk, basically. I'm going to go ahead and put an order to sell it to like 129. This is good. All right. <clears throat> yeah, some of these, that, that's the good thing about these proof of work coins that like just have been around for a long time. You can just basically just fuck around and find out. No problem at all. Oh, that optimism I bought like at the breakout is doing fine again. Um, it's sort of making its moves. So yeah, optimism. I think if ETH runs, like optimism will run heavy as well. So that's good. I'll just hold that. Looks, looks like I got it at a good price. It's only I'm only up like fifteen percent though now, based on where, where I got it. Uh, my Solana is down. Like I bought it at the uh, at pretty much at resistance, which typically is not the right thing to do, but I did anyway just because it like has crazy ass momentum. Um, and I'm down like, oh, how much? Like maybe nine percent right now on that buy. Um, I could add some here, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of ambivalent about Solana. It's like I don't really want to keep adding my position on it. It's like buy and let it ride type of thing. Whatever happened to some of these old things like basic attention token, like that's attached to Brave browser? Is that shit still running or what? Do you remember these old yeah, ones? Yeah, people still use Brave. Yeah, They're only injected right now. Injective what? I mean, basic attention token, the back, and they are planning to launch on injectives. Oh, really? Okay. I tried to do that watch ads for free tokens thing. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. Where like I wasted so much time to win like two bad <laughs> tokens or whatever it is. So after that, I just like said, "Fuck that project. I'm not buying it." I'm like, I, I mean, it's. I guess people will trade it, but in terms of like function, like I don't know who's going to be dumb enough to sit there and like participate. 
Yeah, right. Like you're not gonna sit there and mind the thing by watching ads. It's just weird. No, you like it's just not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't pay enough. Like you're literally wasting your time. Like you could do fifty million other things that would give that would pay you more than that. New, by the way, like I bought all of the, um, like a lot of pharma stocks while they were down because remember I told you like there's like a you can just kind of look at the cyclical rotation of the different sectors. Yeah, and pretty much about all the pharma stocks down, everything's up like twenty, thirty percent. Yeah, <clears throat> whole bunch of different ones, just whatever's. What's the other one that in in intuitive right? Intuitive so, surgical so is doing quite yeah. well. Um, yeah, but that's that one is like uh, a really nice. That's like buying Apple early or whatever. It's still rel really really early as far as like robotic surgery and stuff. And I was really really impressed um, with the. Uh, the latest version of the da Vinci robot that they have. I've played with it for a while. What's the name of that Israeli company that did something like, um, I don't know, is it beauty stuff or something? You know, also surgical, I think. Mm, it's I don't one know. company that ran quite a bit, and I thought, like, we thought that it should happen in Israel. Maybe the stock's down, but I can't remember the name. Uh, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of um, good applications because people pay good money for cosmetic procedures. Yeah. Um, you know for sure there's going to be some like interesting cosmetic robots that come out eventually, like for external stuff. The the right now the initial cost of a robot's really high, so the thing is like let's say a Da Vinci surgical robot, you're going to pay like I don't know probably a million and a half or something for the thing. So um, you have to have a lot of business, like a lot of operations, to justify that cost. Um, and usually it's justifiable, but it it, it uh, it's a pretty large upfront cost for a lot of hospitals and things. I'm not but sure. For cosmetic stuff, if like the price of these things gets down tremendously, um, it could be quite good. Yeah, you know, there's one thing I think people in the West are not really aware of. If you buy a phone today in China, there's always this like beauty filter. It comes with every app, right? But it's like you almost can't switch them off anymore in China. And I, I shit you not, if I go to my feed and I see any girl there that I knew like 10 years back, they, they look younger today than like 10 years back. <laughs> really? It's like that. You know, it's it's crazy, you know. It's, there's no more picture. Maybe some old woman like, like 60, 70 years old, they like, okay, put the, turn that shit off. I'm old, you know. But So I'm just wondering how this kind of, Bending yeah, with like laser, laser hair removal robots and all sorts of shit. They won't like robots yeah, but are good enough now that you could get to a point where like um, you could replace like people that do routine haircuts with robots pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, what one thing is about the surgical, but the other thing, you know, I was thinking about, okay, at some point people want to have a mirror that basically has an AI filter, you know, so they don't have to watch the ugliest face in <laughs> <laughs> you can you can look at the mirror, the black mirror, and see whatever yeah. the fuck you want to see. Yeah, That's not funny. whatever the fuck. It just makes you prettier. Like, right? oh, I look really good. <laughs> well, I think it's a viable product idea. You'll find buyers for that shit. You know? Oh, <laughs> sure. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. What won't you buy a buyer for when it comes to like vanity? Yeah, but I, I'm just saying. You know, this is like this trend is not stopping. You know, and and people, if this gets cheaper, it's gonna be like. What's the right word? Ubiquitous, right? So it's going to be everywhere. It's like you got this little machine where it just facelifts you, you know, on the go while you're at the airport. Some stupid shit like that, you know. Well, probably not that simple, but yeah. I'm wondering where, where this all leads from. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to like um, 
yeah, haircuts and things like that for sure. I mean, imagine you have this little robot in your house and it just takes care of your your haircuts and stuff and like, you know, multiple yeah. pe- people could use it. Once it gets to a certain scale, it's like cheap enough where it's like you can go buy it at a, at a routine store, like maybe under a couple of thousand, you know, like a Best Buy size, size store, like a, you know, like an electronics store, like an appliance, basically. If you can get, you, you can get a haircutting robot to be like an appliance and like yeah. everyone else can use it. And manicure, pedicure, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't want to have that, right? I mean, if I have a right. robot there, just stick my feet in, I do it every day. You know? like, yeah, because it is, it is I, quite I, a pain I, in the ass to go to these kinds of um, services for a lot of people. So you can imagine they'll, for just time savings or whatever, they'll have them. Yeah, you have to make an appointment, right? And then uh, you have to listen to people telling you stupid shit. And these things <laughs> have gotten quite expensive, too, like with inflation. So. Oh, yeah, yeah th- those industries are going to almost certainly get hurt by these things at some point in the not too distant future. Yeah, well, there's still something like, um, you know, you now you also have this chatting aspect, you know, it's like they really treat you nicely. You have to chat GPT integrated and it's like, yeah, what did you do yesterday? Oh, and how are the kids, you know, this little chit chat small talk. So that's going to really <laughs> work out well for these AI things as well, right? <laughs> Oh, I'm nasty. You know? I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine here before my inner eye how this is going to look like in 10 years. You know, it's, going to, it's going to be very painful to watch. Imagine your AI is like, hey, you didn't respond to me in time. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's been five minutes. I asked you how you were doing. Yeah. It's like you have a drama with your AI. And yeah. Going to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I just was busy looking up your schedule. You know. It's going to be sending a message like, I saw you read my message and you did not respond. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. It's going to be bad, you know. It's going to be bad. It's much more worrisome than some foreign government taking over whatever election because you just get another stupid idiot that doesn't give a shit about the people. <laughs> Anyways. They're not very smart right now. Like I have, I have a lot of times where I'm interacting with GPT and I'm telling it's it's messing up. Or I could be like, no, that's not what I want. I want this, and then it'll try it again. And some, like the majority of the time, it definitely hits it on the second time. But even sometimes you have to try for a third. Have you ever done math with it? Because it's really bad. It will, it will literally like like it was giving me. Like, it was giving yeah, me I was trying to somebody. A friend of mine is like a big trader, and he like trades for a couple people, which is dumb. But he was like asking me how to find like cost basis or cost average for like several trades you know like basically when in one pot like how do you figure it all out and so i started asking gpt to do it and like you said like it it didn't do it right at first and i asked it to do it again and it gave me a completely different yeah. answer with the same yeah i question. tested it and i literally just hit resubmit like five times and it gave me different answers each time i was like this is really bad and like how is it doing math wrong like math is the one thing that you know, you shouldn't get five different answers for. Wait, people. trading for other people? Like, what? Like, how is he? He like he has like a big. Pot. I don't know, man. Like, I asked him the same question, and I and obviously there's some fucking holes in like what he's doing, but he like <laughs> basically like has like five people that he trades for, and like he like has one pot of money, and everybody has like a percentage of the. So he's an illegal broker dealer, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what it is, um, and that's what I told him. I was like, hey, man, like, and he's I don't know, like, if he cares or not, but. Obviously, he doesn't if he's doing it. But anyways, I was trying to figure out how to do the math and the um, yeah, the GPT couldn't do it. Have you ever looked at it? To, have you ever tried to ask it to make like the dolly, like make like a, a, a an image and then make a duplicate image of the same thing? 
because it can't do that either. And I don't know if that's like programmed because they don't want it to because they want it to be like abstract and different all the time or what. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting, uh, like you could probably call that a, a drawback because like you can't repeat the same thing with this thing. So that's, you know. Well, so like you saw that there was an image or like some not image or some video they did where like they were promoting Dolly saying, look, you can make a, a children's book with it and we can add, make the character's name and blah, blah, blah. So I, I'm sitting there with my daughter and it helps us write a book. We write a book together and then I create a character with it and it makes a good like scene where and everything. And then like I tried to make like illustrate the different chapters with it and it like could not duplicate itself like if every image was like a completely different character in a different like setting and color scheme and so how are you supposed to like put together a story that way like you can't like they're what i'm saying is that their commercial was bullshit man like they like when they did all that like that's not i mean you can like i can show you the actual end result and it's kind of similar all of them but if i showed you the prompts and all and what i had to do to get there you like it, it just showed me like we're far away from it being like really good yeah ai is not as far along as people think my uh my, my brother exactly. and sister-in-law work in in like high level ai and uh the one thing like people think the drone tech or the uh the like fighting robot technology is getting good but ai can't do like terrain yet like it literally can't process like uneven terrain or like wet ground things like that like it can't do yet so it's actually like really far off of, of soldiers existing You know, there's one thing that I'm always arguing about is with, uh, it's not just with electric cars in the winter time, but we have really bad winters here. And, and it's like old people, um, they have to put these sticks on the side of the road for the, for the snow plows. But if there's fresh snow and old people always drive off the road, right? Because it's just like you have no clue where you just see, don't see the contours in the snow anymore, you know? And if you take the car which has cameras and then it's snowy and the whole thing clogs up and whatnot, you know? I don't know how an automatic car will handle that ever, you know, it's, it's not very in the near future, you know, you have to be really, really like, <laughs> it's really difficult for a human and you have to drive really slow. I, I have no idea how this is actually, because, you know, it, as a human, you can just step out of the car and clean that fucking windshield, right? You just try to have that automatic truck do that, you know, it's, just, it's not workable. So there's a lot of kind of... Um, reality issues that we can find fixes and workarounds where 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 machines have a big issue right but um for many other things i think um especially what what's a routine and what's always repeated in a, in a very some, similar some people, way some people have a pretty bearish view on tesla stock for this reason they're like you know some of the people i've seen some accounts that are like hey look the uh yeah but vision based are, vision based honestly, ai is just not going to be good enough you know what the Chinese have achieved so far inside the cities? They have completely autonomous cars in cities, and 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 it's just like they don't go out of the cities, right? So they know all yeah. the corners. They have these marking points. They have some QR codes that they put on the walls and whatnot uh -huh. and signposts. So the car has really fixed points that it knows, right? Perfectly workable. You know, you can automate entire cities with that. So yeah, if, if it's within a city and it's like a very controlled environment, you build the environment for the robot. I think it's going to be the future part of it. But also, yeah. just like some people argue that, like when you when you don't use any lidar whatsoever, it's hard to get a proper view of the area. Yeah, well, I think especially so. like you said, like if like the camera gets covered in garbage or something. Then yeah. What is your opinion on that, Sevi? Do you think they lidar is needed in self driving or not? Um. Hmm. Well, I mean. Put it this way, you and I don't have LiDAR, and 
we, we can drive a car. So clearly it's not necessary um, from the pure physics perspective. But like how effective is camera-based tech going to be? Um, I don't I don't know 100%, but like it's getting pretty close, pretty close. Here's the thing, like if you just had only camera-based tech today and you had like, let's say, um, you had a world where like, let's say 80% of cars were self-driving and people weren't actually manually driving, I think they'd be quite effective. Um, so there's this, it's that transition period where you're trying to get everything to do it by itself. That's the hard part. But yeah. like, but as far as like, like Tesla's concerned, like they've been promising, you know, sort of like, um, you know, auto taxis for pretty much how long now, like for 10 years or something. Yeah, 10 years. It's always, it's always just around the corner. So yeah. it's a different story if all the cars can talk to each other. Right. So yeah, exactly. basically, but then what will happen is if there's one human trying to cross the street, I mean, you, you <laughs> stop everything, you know, the cars are going to be like, okay, fuck, there's a human, just slow down, you know, <laughs> let this idiot pass the road, you know, <laughs> it's going to be something stupid like that because it's, you are just, the human is the unpredictable factor in that moment. It's not the, yeah, especially when you get humans like right. jumping in front of them to get a paycheck, you know, like it's going to get interesting. Yeah. You have some people that are just retards. So there's that. Um, but there's always what do they do though? That brings up that standard question Animals that's been being brought up, that's been being talked about for a long time. Where if the AI like has to kill you or kill the person in front of you, what does it do? Oh yeah, that's an and how does it make that decision? Yeah, the Charlie problem or whatever. Yeah, the Charlie problem. And like, if someone's really rich, can they like, or important person, like a celebrity or something, can they get like a different <laughs> program than like you? Your have? AI prioritizes killing the person. Well, <laughs> The way yeah, this exactly. sort of thing, the way this sort of works is, um, um, like you could you could have this corollary, for example, in uh, like uh, robotic surgery and things of that nature. Um, like increasingly, for example, in operations, people have used more and more and more like uh, tools that you know didn't exist before. Like for example, staplers to like take a piece of bowel out. You just literally just take this gigantic what looks like a like a and you've usually seen what a curling iron or like a hair iron looks like. It looks like sort of like that. It's like a big thing. You clamp it onto the thing and you put it staples the entire thing. So, what, you know, who's at fault if the device doesn't work, for example, or whatever. Initially, people worry about this stuff and they regulate it and they kind of look for flaws and they kind of have a period of time where, you know, they watch for problems. And then eventually what happens is you discover that like the bowel stapler is much better than using you know, any kind of hand sutures you're ever going to do. And it's better by an order of magnitude. And that becomes a norm and all of the legality and all the other shit that happens with that becomes secondary at that point. So, um, and then like some liability framework gets built around that, but usually the tech will change the laws, not the other way around laws usually won't be able to prevent tech from forming almost ever, except well, for like nuclear the, weapons. The question would be if the machine has to actively make a decision, right? So, I mean, it's one thing is if it's a failure, but the failure is, is like the machine made the decision. You can't claim it's a failure. It's a different thing. Like if the, whatever, the, the bolt comes off and it malfunctions, right? And it's like, okay, there's some quality issue that's not supposed to do that, but it has to make a decision and it's supposed to make that decision, right? So it's a designed feature to kill either this or the other person, right? So it's a, a bit of a different story here. Yeah, I mean, even even autopilots on airplanes, people use them pretty effectively. Um, and today, like, you can't actually get most planes without an autopilot in them. 
Um, most most planes that you buy will have it. Yes, but I mean, this this situation A or choose situation B, and you know that's I think what's the whole ethics. Blah, but I mean, blah, like yeah. even with autopilots in planes, they haven't banned planes. They haven't ba banned you from using autopilot, oh, no. and and you're you're not going to get away with like, well, the autopilot crashed me into your house or yeah. whatever. Like you know, it might still be your fault or some level, because certainly yeah. isn't the homeowner's fault. So, and it's certainly not necessarily just the people that design the autopilot's fault. So usually there's some shared liability at some point. Um, yeah. I, guess know, best, like, I guess the best would be, you know, if there's some like uh, case where it doesn't really know what's the better decision, just to use some random number generator and do whatever, you know, just. <laughs> but basically like the, the, but the thing is, it's like this, like once you get to a point where it's like 80% self-driving or something like that, or hundred percent self-driving around the country, then what happens mm -hmm. is, is the, the, the total number of wrecks and the total number of like accidents and whatever oh, go down yeah. so exponentially that you're really mm -hmm. talking about liability cases being absolute mm -hmm. edge cases at which point. Yeah, like, you have a lot less work. So yeah. The cost to society is very, very minimal at that point. Right. Yeah. So like, you're really not talking about a whole lot of lawsuits by that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not going to be a big deal, I guess. If we have AI driving us around, we can trade cryptos all day in the car while they're driving <laughs> yeah, us around. In the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or people could just live closer to work, which is what I do. Um, Hinge, what's up? What's up, Safi? Uh, Hinchlayer here. Um, I saw ARK. Has BlackRock's been confirmed? Or do we have full confirmation? I've seen that official announcement is coming out after the bell, but... I see a Vanek um, on Fidelity. Okay. Um, I, there's, there's a couple yeah. uh, on Fidelity if you pull up the brokerage. But I don't know if they're like... They're not tradable yet. Right. No, well, well the like. ARK one's supposed to trade tomorrow. I've seen that. Um, but I haven't heard on BlackRock. Oh, I really? haven't heard of all of them. Okay. Some are still in as the trust trusts versus ETP. So, so what do you, so what are you gambling now? Like knowing that all this is coming out and like, you know, you're gonna gin up some retail excitement over twenty fourteen or whatever. Are you are you what are you buying? Not buying much, man. I'm just laying low. I got other things going on. But uh it's interesting. I, you know, people argue about what's priced in and quite honestly, you never really know until after the fact. So I think I think anybody well, no offense, the, but the, the pricing conversation the ETF, is just so stupid. I see it all the time in equity. The ETF ETF can't be priced in right. because it's deterministic, right. meaning it's the like Bitcoin not. has to be right. the, the no well Bitcoin has to be taken off of exchanges, either OTC or otherwise, for whatever ETF demand comes along. Yep. Many of these companies will have like some stash of um They'll have a stash of BTC already that they've acquired, probably at substantially lower prices in anticipation of this, mm -hmm. that they're willing to sell or like hold there in terms of like backing up their ETF shares. Mm -hmm. But let's say there's a high demand for ETF, then they have to go and buy more BTC and lock it up. For sure. That's the idea. For sure. But I did also read into some of it. Now, again, I'm not the expert. I've been busy on some things, but... Um, you can't get BTC from it, right? You can only pull out cash, which I think is interesting. Yeah, That's fine. I mean, that in, makes cash sense. Out. in kind, you know, that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's cash in, cash out. Cash in, cash out. All right, cool. Just want to say hi. Hinslayer here. Oh, yeah. Have a great day. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, you guys do well. It. It's um, not blue. Yeah. I, think... I may sound like <laughs> Bloom, but I'm not. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> you do sound like Bloom. It's not. <laughs>
He's my uncle. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's see funny. you, bud. Um, later on, man. So, um, yeah, I, I like what did I pick up today? I just grabbed whatever charts looked sufficiently wrecked. Um, uh, Litecoin was down. Doge just relatively down. And um, you know, if like more overall retail flows happen, uh, then the stuff that's down the most will tend to move the quickest. So like I just put in some limit orders for LTC and Doge at a two X from here and just kind of just leave it sitting there for the 24, 2024 run and like make a few two X's here and there just for the hell of it. Yeah, kind of low risk, um low risk but not very high reward type plays. But like if you compare it to like stocks, how many stocks do you own that are gonna two X in like six months? Not very many. And the odds that like LTC and Doge movements, all of these things move pretty nicely off their bottoms. Like if Doge is like five cents, it'll, it'll pump to like 12 cents or five, or I'm sorry, 10 cents within like six months pretty readily. So you just don't have to wait very long to get a return on these things. Unlike the stock market and stuff way, way easier, especially like off bear market bottoms and you know, your overall prices are low. DMO, were you trying to say something earlier? Just hanging out here or what? It's even here. I'm not sure. It's like the uh, like speaker panel loitering is what's going on. <laughs> um, guess I'll just yeah, I'm remove folks that aren't actually saying anything. Anyway, um, okay. Well, up. Did you see any more new things coming out lately, proof of work or otherwise? No, but I was slacking like a week or two ago. Not, Took a research, break. not researching too much stuff. No, I like, yeah, I did the like Christmas, New Year's thing and then took care of shit around the house and then like let the last couple of days got jumped back into it full steam. Oh, yeah. So if I find something, I'll ping you and let you know. I spent some time replacing my house Wi Fi access points with Wi Fi 6, which is fun because Wi Fi 7 is not that far away. What'd you uh, What'd you get? Like Ubiquity or what? what yeah, I, I, I use Ubiquity in my house. Oh, nice! Like the little access point, like the little domes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new ones are quite small. They're quite. They are uh, nice. And Those I are ran nice new. I went up with my and ran like Cat Seven cable, because um, like every every ten years or so, it makes sense to run. Yeah, you future proofed like, it. The the future proof it and just put whatever is the fastest that goes in there. So I've got everything running quite smoothly now. It was running pretty good before. I just kind of like. Um, the newest standard is 6E, right? Coverage. What's that? I said the newest Wi-Fi standard is is 6E or 6X. I can't remember. It's one of them. I don't know. But like Wi-Fi 7 is coming soon. Uh, but the thing is, like, even after a new standard comes out, you don't see the devices um, for that for coming to mainstream for quite a while. Like Equity yep. usually waits for stuff to be completely battle tested, which I mean, le legitimately, like unless you're running like a, you know, football stadium or something, you don't need like, <laughs> like an ubiquity system or, you know, like, I mean, honestly, like even two gigahertz is more than enough for almost most people use most of the time. So like, um, it, there's not a need to get to the very, very latest standard or whatever, for sure. Like yeah. you just, go to because even your devices won't upgrade to you know wi-fi 7 or whatever for a while too that's so, the thing yeah if you don't have a modem that can handle it then you're not even going to utilize it anyway even if your router can yeah well the modems oftentimes can if you have like a high enough bandwidth but 
like who's really using max bandwidth over Wi-Fi and what do you know what are you doing? What are you downloading exactly? Um yeah. not the people using that kind of speed. I don't even use like I like my bandwidth in my house, I only pay for two hundred um um what is it? Two hundred meg Up per minute. Yeah. yeah, you're not you're not utilizing that six then it's it'll five yeah. okay. No, you you definitely don't need like um a gig up and down unless you're doing um like unless you just want your like let's say video games or something to download really fast that's really the only main use case there like i actually I'm, have uh 500 at my place but i have like so many nodes and miners and different shit going that it like kills it to 70 really yeah and it's it's fiber too like it's up and down um symmetrical that's so weird something's not right about that no, it's just a huge load on it, man. Like, like uh, I have a lot of tiny, a lot tiny, of it's basically on. a tiny amount of load. It shouldn't be like something's wrong with your thing. It's, there's got to be. There's no way it should drop that much. Like, take for example, like video streaming with a Apple TV or something. HDR image, like full resolution movie. I mean, you're probably talking about maybe max running like I don't know, like twenty or something. Yeah, I was gonna say twenty megabytes a second. But like, imagine if you had a hundred of those going at the same time. That's what I'm doing. So but that's, that's the problem. The high definition video is nothing like running. Oh, you're you have nodes running like I have all sorts of shit going, man. Like no amounts of data at the same time. Yeah, I probably have a hundred plus devices or more um, on a single connection. I mean, wow. it's it's spread out over like five different IPs, but yeah, like it's still going through the same fiber. And like I said, it, if I start turning shit off, my speeds go up. So I know that I'm, I'm taxing it. I, I can go up to gig and it would probably, you know, boost it, but, and 80, whatever, I think it's at like 80 or 90, like what it averages. Yeah. And out of the 500 and that's still high. Like I, I can do everything I want on it. So I don't have a problem with it. It's just interesting that I'm able to tax it that much. What do you use for, for, for routing? Oh, it's just, uh, it's like, if it's just fiber opt, like, uh, I can't remember what who the provider is, but. What, 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 what's the device? What's the router? You, you, you probably oh the router um yeah. i use the ubiquity products as well for like the firewalls and the and the actual router but in terms of like access points i just i use all sorts of shit just because i have so many networks running like i, I if i was more sure that the router is basically a, an app cpu and has an app yeah no it can it can handle it the the router i'm using is an erx it's the edge router and it has a good processor in it, and it uh, it's not it's not like a, a a CPU like a router issue where it's having problem processing it. It's literally the bandwidth from the um, okay. ISP. Modern, um, <clears throat> like modern, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, ubiquity equipment is really really good. Like it if is. People haven't if people haven't tried this, like uh, pull up. Uh, let me find their website. Is it Unify or whatever? Unify is the name of their product is Unify. And yeah, it's Unify. These like they have they're basically the Apple of um router products and their apps that you can use and like the the effectiveness of like their updates and everything else for all the access points and all is really really good. It's ui.com if you're if people are wondering what we're talking about, but it's really really great Wi-Fi equipment. Um probably overkill for a vast majority of people like this stuff is commercial grade stuff that you put in like yeah. a shopping mall or like in a like in a stadium or some shit um i would not recommend the ones that go in the wall by the way up you know the ones that like mount to your wall and like you run wi-fi wire down to the wall are you, you talking about the poe ones like the power over ethernet 
well, PoE is good, like, but you want the flagship, like this, the the dome products that sit on the ceiling. I would not. Oh, okay, okay. I know, I, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I've had, I've had the in-wall thing, ones, but... and um, I initially, when I uh, designed my house and like constructed it, I put the in-wall ones in because that was kind of like a nice little, you know, in-wall device. It sits like behind your TV or whatever, and you can run a wire out of it to your television stuff. But I've had two of them kind of like fail over time. And their Wi-Fi reach is abysmal for five gigahertz. Um, like if you have a TV sitting in front of this thing or whatever, um, yeah, kill it. It's going to kill it really badly. Yeah. So, so the ceiling mount definitely are the way to go. Um, and the the unif the U six, I think it's called. Um, let me see what it's yeah. called here. The one you want is like, yeah, the U six. Oh shit! They just got Unify seven just now. I'm such a do I'm such a doofus. I got a bunch of U6 shit. Now U7 came out. Uh, Wi-Fi 7 is out. U7 Pro, it's called. So anyway, if you're buying something, that's the one you want. Don't be me. Um, yeah, you'll be all right, man. You only have 200 megs a second there, so you're plenty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this stuff is for, like, enterprise-grade shit. What, but I, I don't know if Wi-Fi 7 does this, but what I've been waiting for is, like, dual antenna uh, roaming. So that, like, um, what that means is, like, if you're on a sensitive thing like a voice over internet phone call or something um if you go from one access point to the other you'll oftentimes drop connection so you need like a persistent connection and, and what you do is like eventually they'll have like dual antenna phones like so your phone will attach to the wi-fi router in more than one router simultaneously and that way you're simultaneously like as you go to the next one you've already latched onto the next one before breaking from the previous one that's not how wi-fi works now that's now, how net like, routers work though like I, I have orby netgear orbies and mm -hmm. uh, one of my networks and it does that automatically for you where like if you walk around it'll swap to the different points it, it swaps on. but it's not it's not fast enough to prevent um your it's it's a phone limitation it's not the limitation of your your devices it's not um, your access point problem so phones like need to have dual antennas to simultaneously connect twice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the, the router is just looking at the um, decibel level yeah. on your phone, the device, and saying, oh, shit, there's a better one here. I'll just swap it over to that one. Yep. Yep, but you, there's still a swap time involved. That's the problem. Yep. The handoff. But yeah. Ubiquity is pretty cool, man. I, on on the access points, do they do? Is it enterprise like when the ERX you have to do everything enterprise where it's all command based and a command line terminal based? Is it like that on the access points, or did they make it user friendly for like you know basic people to use it? Oh, it's super not friendly. IT people. No, you, Unify stuff is just almost plug and play now. Nice, like pretty like you have an, a phone app that you use, you have or a desktop app. You can basically see. You can even like import a floor plan of your house. And you can kind of like look at the heat maps of how much coverage you're getting and all that shit. Um, you can, um, yeah, like the, the, the trick to Wi-Fi setup is that uh, five gigahertz Wi-Fi does really, really badly through walls. So if you want decent speed, you literally have to have an access point in every room that you care about. Um, and so, so there's two different things I set up. One is all of my um, access points, or a few of them will, will um, broadcast two gigahertz signals for like home automation shit, like thermostats or, you know, these types of items, um, garage door opener type Wi-Fi things. All of those things are usually two gigahertz anyway, because they're, they're long range, um, like high connectivity with where the connection doesn't get lost that easily. So that's what you use for those. And then the five gigahertz, you want an access point pretty much in every room that you, you plan to use it in. 
so like let's say a master bedroom or like um um you know whatever major areas and any place that you feel like you'd have a computer sitting there that you'd want high speed via wi-fi you'd need an access point in that room exactly not anywhere but in that room assuming you want five gigahertz speeds um which is like i don't know two to three x the speed of uh two gigahertz usually do you run all your computers and everything on the same network that you run all those IoT thermostats and everything on? Um, I have two, on I, I, it's the same access points. With Unify, you can create two networks on the same device. So yeah, like a gas counter or whatever. Like you can do a two gigahertz grouping. And then you can also, what's cool about Unify is you can go into the app and you can take those thermostats and things and assign them specifically to two gig, the two gigahertz network. And you can even specify that you only want it to attach to one specific access point. That way you don't accidentally have, like let's say in your garage you have an access point and you have your sprinkler controller running on it. So you would assign it only to that access point so that it's it like, let's say your whole system reboots and it turns out that your one of your bedrooms close to your garage rebooted first, it's gonna latch onto that, right? This prevents that from happening. It, prev- it latches onto the, closest or the, the the access point that you have assigned specifically which makes it way way more reliable so i was i was more talking about the um security aspect of having all your devices on the same like subnet or like the same um oh yeah um dhcp yeah, like the same I mean, router or the same ip set unify is pretty like overall secure but i have them on two sets. oh no i'm not talking about unify i'm talking about those shitty thermosets you have on your wall because oh, i'm not yeah, saying yeah, those are i'm not saying you're, you're you bought bad ones i'm saying like all those companies like they don't have good security practices so where unifies what's special about unify is you can actually specify per device certain permissions like whether it can um, oh, nice. get cross-network traffic and stuff so like for example uh ecobee thermostat would be a good example Ecobee thermostats don't talk to each other. What they do is they talk to cloud and that cloud message is then. Yeah, it talks to the other thing. So that kind of thing, like they don't really interact with each other. So they're not passing messages within your network. They're only passing messages to the internet. And that's pretty safe. Like, but yeah, if you're buying random products from China or whatever, and you don't know what it's in it. And um, there are some of those types of products that you just like generic. I was going to say, you should just set up a VLAN. If you, if you want to look into do doing that. Yeah, you can that do a was... VLAN within, within Unify quite easily. Yeah, that'll that'll uh, I would do that if I'm not if you're not doing that already, Seth, because all those like knowing what I know, mm-hmm. if I knew what, what router or like what thermostat you had or whatever, I could probably get into your network. So like you want to do you want to definitely have them on different lands or VLANs so that they, they are like isolated. Yeah. And then yep. your crypto machines are isolated, too, from like your home network where you have your tax information and all that kind of shit. So that if your crypto machine gets wrecked, it doesn't wreck all your other devices, too. That's what I do. I, I keep everything on like separate route. I, I have full like not just VLANs, but full routers that are like separate. But I'm paranoid. Yeah, you can make as many VLANs as you want using Ubiquity. It's pretty much an enterprise grade device, but they've gotten really good. You only need like one object now. Um, they have what's called the uh, um, what is it called? The Dream Machine Pro. It's like a brain or whatever, right? When everything hooks up to it, like a router? Yeah. You, you want what's called the Dream Machine Pro. It's a rack-mountable thing, and it has like eight PoE, port, PoE ports on it already. And then you can run, like, you can connect PoE switches to it. So I have a couple of those. Um, so it's a Dream Machine Pro, some switches, and then you'd get your Wi-Fi 7 uh, Pro. U7 Pro would be what I'd get now, now that it's out. And um, you park those all over your ceilings or whatever, and you're good to go. Um, 
and then like if you have something that you don't want wired at, I'm like wireless at all, you want like a legit um, definitive connection at all times, you could go with a uh, obviously just run actual wire too, um, which I don't do very much of. Like the vast majority of the time, um, uh, Wi-Fi is very much secure and like works just fine for like 99% of your tasks. The only time like you'd want to wire something might be like you want maybe, you know, for some reason you get a shittier connection somewhere or, you know, like PlayStation's a good example. It's notorious for having shitty Wi-Fi. Like, like I can't even get like the thing to connect properly with the Wi-Fi in the existing room that I have. And I think it has to do with specific devices and stuff. They have a really shitty chipset for Wi-Fi and they don't have an external antenna either. So it's like, I don't know, it's really wonky. So that's an example of where like running a wire to it makes some sense. Um, but that's the only device I had to have had issues with everything else. Um, and then a lot of home stuff, like, for example, if you are running, um, like, and so there's a company that produces like airplay devices where you can, like, it's a hardwired ethernet connection to an airplay device, um, that you can do like whole house audio. That's another example where you want that stuff wired, not wireless. So when you have like, tasks that already are wireless like for example airplay off your phone to a to your network and then that has to go to a series of speakers you want all that rest of it to be wired the only part you want wireless is the part from your phone to your wi-fi otherwise you're going to wind up with like delay and stutter and lag and whatever and it's just not going to be a nice experience but um but yeah like two gigahertz like stuff is great for like your thermostats and garage door things and whatever um and then the um Wired is good for stuff that you want a persistent connection, high speed, um, or devices that don't do a great job wireless. And then everything else like Wi-Fi 5 is great for your phones and laptops for just roaming around the house. That's pretty cool. And then the last thing you can do on Unify is you can con like assign very specific routers, I mean, access points to very specific devices. So if you're like Apple TV is on wireless, for example, and you only want it to hit the 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 closest one and that's in your master bedroom you just sign it to that and then boom you're good to go so now it doesn't have to like accidentally attach to a farther one that has lower signal um so that's pretty cool yeah they, they really improved a lot over the years um from when i first started using this it's truly like mature it's like the apple of wi-fi shit um home networking stuff and they also added a bunch of other crap like camera security stuff which is all unified based um door access shit like you know, for either for commercial or for home, like, you know, doorbell types of things, uh, doorbell types of things that can read like a card. Um, so you can do like maglock systems and stuff like that. Um, uh, maglocks are kind of tricky though. Cause like, um, you know, do you want like what happens when the power goes out and stuff? You have to have a system for that. Um, they also have like VOIP phone systems, which are pretty good if you own a business. So really with all the different integrations, you can do like a lot of shit at one time. Oh, this is interesting. They added something new, which is uh, EV station for electronic, electric cars. That's pretty cool. So they, they have some sort of thing where I guess it will tell you over your network whether or not your car is charged and stuff. But really, really nice, like full, um, like a really, really full um suite of items the other thing too is like if you have like neighbors or something you want to share your internet connection with you have these little transmitters that can transmit from house to house like like a, a beam so you can do some cool shit like that like share your internet connection if you know you don't mind that um 
<laughs> so there's some different um, like building to building type of transmitters that they have as well. Pretty cool. But they used to have like where you have to buy like all sorts of little components. Now it's this dream machine thing has almost everything in one box and then uh, your access points. So most people, if they have one dream machine, maybe eight ports on it and have like four or five access points are probably good to go. Um, I've got a much bigger house with a lot of like, um, it's got thick walls, a lot of insulation, a lot of acoustic material and shit in the house and mass loaded vinyl in the walls for acoustics and stuff. So I did a lot of design work on my house and built like this thing. And it, it had a side effect of like really, really blocking Wi-Fi signals a lot. So I had to put a Wi-Fi um, access point in every single room to compensate for that. So um, it is what it is, but like it works um, pretty, pretty solid house, I would say. <laughs> Um, it's not the usual spec home that you go to and where like the walls are paper thin. Have you seen any other interesting like tech products up that kind of wowed you lately or not really? Yeah. Um, bought a new laptop. Okay. That was like, cool. Like what kind of, like just PC the new, computer? like the, the new, like, uh, processors that are coming out. Like I heard that they're coming out with arm app laptops too. So that's kind of cool. But like the um, the Intel came out with new the new 13 series processors and the last one I was using was like a i5 like a six gen, so I just upgraded to like an i7. It's a 13 gen. Yeah, I find I find the um, the the Max to be fundamentally excellent as far as like the M2 laptops and stuff. Um, like even the MacBook Air M2, which is like mine's a 2022. It's already getting kind of um, a couple years old here it runs like an absolute dream um like really you could you could see yourself using a computer like this for probably like 15 years easy i just need to run windows though that's my problem with uh, like, like you let you want windows <laughs> well yeah because i'm one of those like change change equals stupid people and uh -huh. so like trying to like mess around with mac os all the time like i've used windows for so long now i feel like a boomer yeah, they fundamentally do all the same things anyway. They are, and they're like, like I'm, I've, every time I get on a Mac, I can figure it out because, like you said, like they're pretty much the same. They just call things different or put them in like a, instead of the minimize button being on the left, it's on the right, like stupid stuff like that. Remember, but, like so much of the shit you're doing, like yeah, it's like small user experience things, but so much of the things you're doing are now within Chromiums anyway. That like the user experience becomes mostly browser based now, so it doesn't really matter too much what you use as long as you're used to it. Yeah, I do a lot of like a uh, terminal but and the, like, um, but the thing really like thing that, about so. the Max is though up is that like the battery life is really really long for M2. So if you you tend to use devices on planes, um, and this thing will run like probably twelve plus hours, like you know on a charge. It's really impressive. That's what uh, people were giving shit to Intel about with the newest thirteen gen is that they still haven't been able to replicate or figure out what Apple did with those M2s. The ARM chips are supposed to be though they're supposed to be cool run cool like the m2 and a yep. very power They're, efficient the main issue i think is just like the software integration with the new hardware There's exactly the yep you have to have like all of that deeply integrated it has to get redone like the architecture at the processor level does because everything on windows runs on like x86 or x64 i don't think that m2 is running the same architecture it's probably different What about you? Have you seen anything, Seppi? Mm -hmm. There are some pretty decent like house cleaning robots now. 
Um, what do you mean by house cleaning? Like the vacuumers or the moppers yeah, or what? Yeah, like the little vacuumer things. The, yeah, the mop slash vacuum, the little rolly things. Um, they use AI and um, like mapping your, it, it kind of maps your house with like a mini LiDAR and stuff and then kind of does a pretty good job with that. Only thing is like they make more sense for people that leave the house for periods of time. If you tend to work out of the house or, in, or, or at home any significant amount of time, the problem is the fucking thing's making noise all day long. Yeah, you're going to be listening to a vacuum cleaner all day. Yeah, exactly. That's the downside of that. So in my house, I have one of those like split-level homes, too, where there's like a bunch of floors, you know? So I'd have to have one on each floor like going off all the time, which way it doesn't really make sense for me. Yeah, it, make, it costs more money for each floor because now you're yeah. going to either move it manually or have two of them. There was a big thing with that too. I forgot which company it was, but I, I like to watch the uh, hacker events and, and um, I forgot what they call them. Defcon, I think is in, in Las Vegas every year on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And some guy figured out that a lot of those vacuum cleaners that are mapping your house are actually pinging like, or they're sending all your information back to their, you know, back to their headquarters. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like it's so it's yeah, all, like some of those companies literally like have like, not only do they have layouts of everybody's homes, but because they're, have like microphones and cameras on them now that like they have like images of people and conversations and all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how paranoid you want to be about these things, of course. But my brother just uh, bought a um because he's designing a house, so he was sort of like designing around robots and stuff. So he was looking at like you know which of these things, like you almost build the house to accommodate for robot cleaning, so you don't have to pay for the high cost of like you know, people to come and clean the house for you and stuff, which, you know, so, but Roborock is the brand, R-O-B-O-R-O-C-K. Um, and it's the S8. Um, it's like whatever top of the line one, the S8. And it's interesting. It like, it has this like, um, so it, it has water in it. It cleans up your floor and shit. And then it, all the little debris and whatnot gets like sucked into this like, um, docking station, and then you empty the the pails in the docking stations. How you how you kind of kind of deal with this? I mean, I, I have someone that kind of cleans the house for me, and and I have you know my butler or whatever doing other shit. So like like it doesn't make sense to do this only because like I want to make sure there's enough stuff for the the worker actual worker to do because otherwise like they're just gonna stand around. But um, but his thought was like to get to a point where he can get a lot of that work done. He doesn't have to hire anybody for some of this stuff. So I don't know, it's interesting. But he said like Roborock is um I think Roborock and I believe iRobot are sort of the the leaders in this particular field. They're probably like one upping each other all the time. But they've definitely improved because this stuff's been out for a while now. So they they've like made multiple generations of changes. I think they're on the S eight, which I'm assuming means eighth generation or something. So it's kind of cool. You should watch those DEFCON things, though. They're pretty cool. Which Specifically on the on the robo vacuum cleaners, if since you like robo vacuum cleaners so much. Oh, you mean the, the the bad stuff that can happen kind of thing? Or well, it's like it's not well, it's not necessarily just bad stuff, but yeah, they're kind of like TED talks, but hackers give them on different topics. So like you can they like find I don't know their Freightliner Mercedes Benz made this big claim several years ago that they had. Uh, their self-driving car was unhackable and they were trying to market that. And so, of course, hackers heard that and found it as a challenge. And so they went to DEF CON and showed everybody how they hacked them. So, yeah, they're kind of like little cool TED Talks that will go off on subjects. 
and they'll teach white, you about like, white things hats. That, white hats or black hats. Like there's people in there that I mean, it's it's literally like a an expo for hackers to go and like all gather together every year in like Vegas. So if you go there, like everybody says to turn your devices off and don't like all sorts of wild shit goes on in there, I'm sure. But the talks they have, they're on YouTube. You have to go to a cool. conference with a burner phone. That'd be funny. Yeah, no, legit. Like people get hacked there all the time. Like <laughs> they don't want you. You're not supposed to like, you know, put your wireless network up or connect to anybody else's or do anything like that. Like everybody is air gapped when they go there. The irony of the thing to be hanging at a hacker conference and then worried about the hackers. There's so many cool talks though. Like I'm trying to remember one that I just saw recently. I think it was on like um, how they figured out how to like scan everybody's like uh, the the little cards on your like are the little chips on your on your credit card. Like there's different ways that people are learning to scan or skim those from you using different devices. I just watched one of those the other day. I was looking at BTC price. I'm like, it hasn't really done anything, but it's like, let's, if there is a sell the news event, it's going to be such an easy time to buy stuff. It's like, you, you almost have to have some money set aside to play. What price is BTC a good buy for you if it drops to it? A good buy would be like closer to the cost of mine, which would be like, you know, 24K-ish might be a decent buy. Yeah, we're not going there, though. Do you think, I mean, what what price do you think we could go down to on a flash with the sell of the news that you'd buy? Um, well, I, I don't know that we won't go there. Um, I Like, you know how many times BTC has both hit the price to mine and dropped below? And by the way, that's the price yeah, to usually mine. Isn't that, that, that usually happens on like a, a black swan or like... Like yeah. a big, like, you know what I mean? Like, not a sell the news type of thing. Like, but I, the funny, I, but it's a funny thing how, like, Black Swan seems to happen all the time, though, for BTC. So that's it's, not, it's yeah. not out of the question. So if, you, if you're asking me, like, when would I be buying it? I'd be buying it, like, close to the cost to the mine post-havening price, which would so be, like, a, 20, a, a flash 20, crash, 20, uh, 20 to 24K would be the, like, theoretical support zone. And in the past, uh, like, remember, BTC dropped 50% below the cost of mine in the past, right? Remember, remember yeah. when BTC was, like, you know, six to eight K to mine, it drops to 3,000, 4,000. Yeah. So like now you would hope that there's a broader network effect on the price. And, you know, there's like, you know, people are going to buy <clears throat> because they believe there's value in the thing besides just the mining cost. But historically that has not been the case. Um, it's kind of embarrassing actually that there's not more speculative multiple, um, you know, booing the floor price historically. It's been like it's been pretty weak, and I think that's because there's just a lot of futures and shorts available in the market. So, when it goes down, like you'd be surprised how far it can go down. Um, and like, well, how many times? Like, we shouldn't be surprised ever, pretty much. Like, so I think, like to me, cost of mine, which should be like twenty to twenty four k after April. Um, right now, the cost of mine is like twelve k or something. So, there's that. Yeah, I just like. I don't know. I don't think that we're going to be able to go that far down low just because I feel like people would step in. I mean, I know I would. Like, if, if we get down to 30K again, I'm going to have to back the truck up. And I'm not just saying that like other people, like, yeah. I will I will fucking buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very good place. Like, I think if we're sub 30K or close to the cost of mine, I might even, like, I was talking about this earlier, I might even just sell all my stocks and just sort of swap into it. 
Um, and that, and the benefit of having like ETF available right there in my brokerage account is I don't even have to buy the actual, actual BTC for this. I can just swap right into the ETF or into Fidelity has a BTC on it too. So, cause the, the, the headache is moving cash from here to there. And then like these gigantic cash transactions require a lot of time and shit. Yeah. And if I'm just simply like making a trade, right. Um, and that's the interesting thing too, by the way, another thing that people probably don't think about with the BTC ETF is that it's a different position from a, from a tax fundamentals perspective. So like if you have BTC that you're buying just to hold and you want to have that, ha and you already have a lot of BTC from like, you know, the last 10 years or whatever, and you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, but now you want to be able to like trade it or whatever. There's always been the, the futures option to trade. And there's always been the ability to like put in specific short and long positions. But now the ETF like presents another way to trade without having to move your cash all over the place. I think that's an important feature. So you have a lot more dip buyers, essentially, if you have an ETF available. Because like without having to move their money anywhere, the friction is much lower to be able to pick some up. So I could just basically sell my stocks on Fidelity, <clears throat> whichever ones that are like running hot. And if BTC takes a dip, I can just, you know, ape into that like easily from there. And, um, you know, just as a trading bag, like, you know, it goes up, you sell whatever you goes down, you buy more and you don't have to worry about the cost basis on the rest of your, your holdings, which is really nice. Not to mention like one other easy thing about having BTC available via ETF for trading purposes is, um, that, um, you, like what's the other, yeah, you fidelity and whatnot really works well with like TurboTax and shit where you don't have to have to pay any other extra what X fees or services for actual transactions. So I think that's going to be popular as you have, you know, more capability of doing this. Like previously you people use like grayscale and stuff, but grayscale is fine when like grayscale Bitcoin trust was fine when, you know, you had, you know, like, you know, the price of the ETF was like undervalued compared to BTC and you could kind of like get into it. But then Grayscale and all of its shenanigans with, I don't know, what is it? GCC, Genesis, Grayscale, whatever the fuck, all those group, like they kind of, in my mind, sort of ruined uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust as a reliable, safe vehicle to trade BTC. Um, so I think like I would be much more apt to play with an actual Bitcoin ETF for trading than I would uh, mess with GBTC. And I made good money on GBTC in the past as well. Like I bought low and sold for profit multiple times um, on some swings and stuff. And I liked it. Um, it was nice. But um, they kind of wrecked it as a, in terms of trust in my view, or at least for me. I thought uh, the ETFs are comprised of primarily Bitcoin, but there's like a 20% altcoin in there as well. Mm, I don't think there's any like formally sanctioned altcoin ETFs yet. I think they're saying that ETH might be next. ETH and XRP. Um, Come on, Valkyrie have said XRP as well. Don't leave my baby out. Um, wait, but who is Valkyrie? Valkyrie, the investment book company. They, they said that the uh, next one, if this goes to plan, they'll probably be doing is ETH and XRP. Yeah, let me see. It may be. It makes sense. Uh, the thing it's is, the only getting, getting actual SEC approval is, is trickier, possibly. Yeah. But Let's see. BlackRock allegedly registers iShares XRP, some, some sort of bullshit news. 
Yeah, ignore your um, share stuff. The, the problem with uh, XRP is it's it's very heavily um, held by the actual company, and that might pose a problem as far as. Well, no. Um, if it's if it's bought in the open market and not done via backroom deals, there's no reason for it. It's the same. You could say the same about Bitcoin. Like, was it seventy percent of the miners are owned by BlackRock, which technically means BlackRock owns seventy percent of the supply. You shouldn't be able to like release an. Air no, that's thing. not correct. That's not true. You're saying some nonsense. I, the, the, I, like, I, that's not correct. I'm the, telling that's you, that's not how. That's not how the holdings of the token distribution of Bitcoin is right now at all. No, but the mining minor is. centralization is a different issue. But it's not. Uh, it's not something that they're. You're like reading the wrong shit. Like, no, I'm saying it can be taken into consideration that there is a monopoly on new generation of tokens via mining. Obviously, it's not everything. Don't get me wrong, but Ripple only own something like seventy percent, and not even that. Uh, they they own the circulating supply, and this is just the circulating supply because obviously they've got a lot on escrow, don't they? About thirty percent. Well, whatever it is that, but these things have a role in um, in whether or not the ETFs are approved or not. Is my yeah. Point. Real, real quick, you're talking about you're talking about seventy percent of the supply production from BlackRock, not seventy percent of the supply. So those are yeah, no, very true. But the whole point is new production of new coins coming into play. Yeah, but like new production is is like I think like ninety eight percent of the coins have been mined already, right? So like new production yeah. is nothing. True. Yeah, but, you're talking about yeah, still supply coming in into space. Fair enough. That's that, that's a valid point. I didn't I didn't consider that one. Sorry about that. Sorry, I've just come back from getting my ass kicked at Krav Maga, so uh, I might be a bit disorientated. So now, like, with, with actual, like, uh, actual things that have the, the shortest term uh, potential, it's BTC and ETH um, for potential ETF listings. And um, many different coins have gone back and forth in terms of what... Um, is considered a security and what isn't and whether or not it's in like an illegal security or what isn't. And of course, XRP has been back and forth with the legal battles on that. But SEC doesn't have to approve anything specifically um, that they don't want. They don't feel like it. So they can create all sorts of barriers there. Um, some people are like, Link is a good example of one that is very centralized from the perspective of token ownership. Same story as XRP. Um, for some reason, and it's not really clear why, that the the in different lawsuits, like against Coinbase and and um, some of the other um, some of the other companies, there was not a substantial amount of mention of Chainlink uh, at all. Is listings of what are securities like Atom was listed and um, XRP and a variety of others. But um, Link is very much a security by any like normal measure. But for some reason, it wasn't list like got, they nobody went after it, which is why some people are arguing that. Um, Chainlink has a chance to become a potential ETF, although there's no official anything on that like that front at this point. But the only reason people are suggesting that that might be feasible is because they have never gone after them in the past for being a security, um, which is interesting. What would be the reason why ETH would get denied? Mm, I don't know. Like if they feel like for some kind of investor protection, whatever, because of the maybe centralization of some of the token distribution of ethereum i don't know i'm not sure does the does the um change the proof of stake like their infinite supply or they're contracting and you know the supply being different all the time does that matter um like for etf wise i uh, yeah i'm not 100 sure i'm not either it looks, like it, it looks like it's just been approved by the way unless i'm late to the buy i just saw like a tweet from bitcoin magazine saying it's now been approved 
Yeah, yeah there's a couple available don't. on Fidelity right now. Um, uh, no, it's in like the SEC is now have approved uh, from six minutes ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. That could be true. Gabriel is yeah. reporting it to their attorney saying that the ETF was approved but accidentally before the market closed and they took it down. Yeah, Mario Nafal. Really this is so funny. The SEC, like, the, I think Congress is right to try and take power away from them when it comes to crypto. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, it maybe really they is, do. Like, embarrassing that's at the this issue. point. Like, what is what? What are they being paid millions of dollars for? <laughs> Congress is just do anything because Congress is dumber than the than the SEC is. True, like, but they've already no, said that no, they no, to have a law passed in the United States. You have to have both parties agree upon it, especially when it comes to stuff that's really big. Um, it's hard to slip stuff by, and so there hasn't been much. Like, uh, for I'll give you a great example. Um, there still isn't legislation regarding abortion in America. I, I thought Trump... So, I thought and it's was... been like 30, 40 okay, years. Okay. <laughs> so. so how did it get made illegal then? And like everyone was throwing the fit when Trump was in power? Like, was it just a state law? <laughs> state, state, yeah, the state do anything. yeah, Roe versus Wade, which like mm, theoretically preserved the right to abortion, was overturned. And therefore now certain states have made um, abortion illegal. So, oh, so state, states can make this. So, all right, because I, I don't really get the American judicial system or the American legal system for that matter. They're like, are states basically countries? So the United States yes. of America is just a yeah. bunch of basically. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. That's called federal. They have to abide basically. by the federal, uh, federal laws. And like, for example, like the state that I live in, like legalized marijuana a long time ago. Yeah. And they, uh, you could walk around in the state and the state, like if you had medical marijuana or, or whatever marijuana that you fall under, fell under. But yeah. um, like the federal, if the federal officers came, they could ticket you or do something about it. But the state people can't. So like that's that's, that's two sets of rules to follow. Yes. Yep. Yes. Exactly. There are two sets of rules always. Um, oh, there's the state God. laws. Federal government like regulates anything like within the Constitution, and then everything else is left to states. In theory, what has happened in the last forty, fifty years is that like the federal government has encroached substantially on state sovereignty. Um, but that's the idea. It's a cool system too, because if you don't like where you're, like what one state does, you just move to another. Yeah, I get that. But it's the two two sets of rules I don't like. Like it doesn't make sense. Surely state laws should abide by federal laws, as well as having their own things that federal law doesn't cover. They do. States generally yeah, do. federal laws. No, what I'm saying is the two like you just said a federal like officer could come and take away like your stash of marijuana, but a state can't. That just seems a bit off. They they will like in, in circumstances like that they kind of like like what was happening was the federal government was allowing the state to do what they wanted to do and so they just left oh, it alone. So and also like, the I, states will the states will make the argument that like there's the federal government has no business regulating say for example marijuana. So what will what would happen is if like a state legalizes it in theory, um, the federal government could try to sue the state or if the state was not able to. Um, like keep their rules and the federal government's coming after them, they would sue the federal government. And usually those type of things won't stand up in Supreme court because there's nothing in the constitution that says that like the federal government can regulate what drugs you have access to. Yeah. Definitively. Exactly. So ultimately like a lot of these things are not litigated because they wouldn't win. States just go off and do what, their own thing to some extent. And that's pretty much normal here. It's that's good, a, that's, because, that's it, which is good because what happens is, is then you can't, it makes it less likely the whole country is going to get fucked up. 
In the UK, the problem is it's extraordinary centralization risk. So if you get like some policy that turns out to be really, really um, unuseful and maybe like um, is either tyrannical or it is whatever. Yeah, you get more internal consistency between like the various you know provinces and uh, whatever within the country. But yeah. if like uh, people move in a certain direction and you know with law, then you wind up with like systems that everyone's stuck with, and there's nowhere to run. So yeah, yeah. there's sort of like the 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 states here like create kind of like an mm, it's like almost like evolutionary biology where it's like the states are slightly different. The yep. people that have their ideas, they are slightly different. It's almost like crypto chains having slightly different rules. And the benefit of having that, it becomes like constantly experimental. Whereas like some states will try something and discover, oh, wait a minute. If we legalize marijuana, our GDP goes down or whatever, which is exactly what happened. So all the states that legalize marijuana, like the, 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 like the economic productivity of those states is dropping. Um, I thought they went up. Well, no, initially, I oh, thought no. they went up. You can say no, was... no, not at all. No, oh, like for, you have to imagine if people are smoking marijuana, they're fucking not going to be that bright. Like that's oh, just I mean, how it works. Well, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. In moderation, everything like that's fine. No, it's like, not. In moderation. No, not. No, it's not. Marijuana you quickly makes you dumber, like for sure. I, I mean, I occasionally for sure. use it for R and R. Like, no, one... there's almost nobody I know that consistently uses marijuana that stays particularly wealthy. Oh, okay. No, you're talking about consistency. That's why I'm saying like as a rare treat. So like every few months, I might like yeah, get high. But the thing is, like sleep. humans don't humans don't uh, work like that though. Like if you look at anywhere that has lots of drug availability, you get a lot of people that use them, and they won't use them as rare anything. They'll use them consistently. Sure. Daily. I mean, you say that, but I do that with alcohol as well. I re- even when I go out and I out, I rarely drink. Uh, I, or I have, yeah, you're, very you're using amount. your anecdotal experience for like running. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking so about stupid people. About it like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but if you look broadly, though, like it hasn't worked out that great um, in yeah. like this as a species, productivity, yeah. like the GDP basically starts to linger as um, more and more people are spending their hours smoking marijuana instead of doing something useful. Suppose, yeah, because then they is, uh, have, you, have we ever looked at this with alcohol though too? Like I, I yeah, wonder. I mean, well, of course, alcohol. but I wonder. Yeah. Like we've we've had like uh, I guess we could try to look back at prohibition, but that didn't really work. But no, pro- no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Like there's there's a like when I say these things, I'm not also advocating for like extreme measures to try to control them either. No, you're I just cause and effect. It's just the way me, it is. Personally, like, I feel like the human race is like just full of imbeciles. Generally, like that's just how life is. And no matter what you do to try to solve it, like if you have prohibition, you have one set of problems like war on drugs led to like pumping of the prices of drugs and cause like a lot of drug violence, drug crime and all sorts of other shit that goes on with that. And then if you legalize everything, you get a bunch of um, like brainless morons walking around smoking dope all all the time, especially like when you start smoking a marijuana early in life, it'll fuck you up bad. And that's usually who's smart. Because here's the thing, the stats on smokers. The vast majority of people that start smoking start smoking under the age of like fifteen. Oh God, no! I, I think I'm at twenty-five. Yeah. So, no, these, uh, talking about like generally, if you look at the actual average age of smokers and when they start, it's definitely under eighteen, and many most of the patients I see are under fifteen. Like almost. Is that a, is that a specific demographic or is that no? That's a, just universal. That's just around yeah. the world. No, people start smoking really, really early. And so, like, exposure to marijuana, cigarette smoke, whatever, it, like, it's going to affect you longer term in terms of lifespan and everything else. So um, one thing that just general smoking does is, like, generational poverty. 
if you want to make sure your family is poor, smoke. Like the yeah. odds of you having generational poverty is extraordinarily high. The reason is because A, like number one, cigarettes are expensive. Two, they occupy a certain amount of time that you would have otherwise done something else with. Three, like the uh, the shortening of your lifespan runs around 12 years average in the United States, 14 years globally. So your your working lifespan actually goes down. Um, so not only did you save less money, but you blew it on like shortening your lifespan, which means that you are less able to support your next generation, the generation after that. And 80% of smoke, uh, children of smokers smoke. So like 80% of your children, if you happen to smoke, are uh, the odds that they're going to smoke is quite high, which means another generation of death and destruction. Um, so it's pretty bad. No, so but, and marijuana is I... similar in, in this way. So my mom and my dad are chain smokers. They have been since they were young. Like you said, like 14, 15. Uh, yeah. Did I ever tell you why I don't smoke? Have I ever given you the story? No. Why is that? Three years old. And this, as I said, the one good thing my mom did, I think we did speak about this because we brought up candy, sweets and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she made me smoke my first cigarette at the age of three. I choked and I've just never had the urge to smoke. <laughs> yeah. So it works. It does work, harsh parenting like that. But like I've never... Sometimes. Even, it well, does usually I, though. Most, pa- most parents yeah. that have smoke, they're 80% of their kids are going to smoke. Well, 80%. yeah, I've, I've never actually smoked a blunt. I've only ever smoked out of a pipe. So uh, yeah, yeah, I've never actually 20, had the Twenty percent that did did fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be above the uh, above the margin. <laughs> what yeah, works got, for me? Got largely lucky though. It's largely oh, lucky because my- because the reason is because like the addictive capability of nicotine is higher than almost every drug on the planet. So like, yeah, it, it's um, it's some of it's just straight luck that maybe had you had a slightly different experience, you would have been a smoker. But anyway, the point is like the the all of these things that the 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 laws in states and federal are, they vary a bit. Um, and I think that's fine. Uh, but like me po- politically, like, where am I with all this? Like, I don't think the war on drugs type stuff works. Like we haven't seen it made any material, make a material dent in the amount of drug activity going on. I think it's probably the right answer is going to be is that as a society, people should have the right to kill themselves. if They feel like it. That's pretty much the, the bottom line because like everything else doesn't really work. Prohibition hasn't worked ever. And really tight controls haven't ever really worked either. And, um, but well, that's not to say that- actually want to be controlled, that's why. But like, that's no, not to no... say that that's the country that's going to be the most successful monetarily, though. So what happens is, is when your country gets lazy and stupid, and everyone's like, ah, fuck it, we're just going to do drugs. Then other countries who are not doing that, like China, which is absolutely draconian about this sort of thing, like, you know, like, they're going to lock you up pretty good if you're using drugs and stuff. Um, those yeah. countries are going to have a tendency to be more totalitarian about it, but also succeed economically. And then once they get wealthy enough, then you're going to have a hard time affording your drugs in the, in the, in the luxury countries. So yeah. it's like, like there's, there are consequences, these things that are short term and long term. And, um, like it, de- so depending on which horizon you're looking at and how much inconvenience you want to have for the population, you have to make those decisions. But yeah, like like take for example Russia. The amount of liver cirrhosis from uh, alcoholism is obscene. Like they have serious lifespan reduction, both from smoking and from um, and from um, uh, alcohol, and extraordinary amounts of liver cancer, hepatocellular cancer, lung cancer as well. And um, and on top of that, you have like Russians not having enough babies. So you have like this serious population decline in Russia as a result of these uh, issues. And when you start having all these fucked up issues, you end up going to wars and things. Um, it, Ukraine is an example of that. 
I actually think that the opposite could happen. If we do end up having a population crisis, which I know we have but to an extreme level, but it's still recoverable, no one's going to want to fight and sacrifice their people. Everyone's going to want peace just so they can goddamn breed and, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I think, so. I think people are messed up and they're still going to want to kill you, fight each other, no matter what. If, even if there was probably, like, two people left on this planet, it probably Usually, like, when the economies are down, uh, the probability of a war gets higher because the the population is not able to be satiated. So, like, UK is in, like, a nasty territory right now in particular because the combination of, like, extreme inflation, recession, not enough babies being born, what that means is that there's nobody to do the work in the future. So as you get older, there's no one to actually, like, provide you all the services you're used to, so you wind up with even more inflation. Um, so inflation is, like, uh, manageable, like when governments centrally manage uh, money, so long as your population is getting bigger and your economic output is getting bigger, that yeah. falters for any reason, and your currency goes to absolute zero. Like it goes to absolute shit. How long does it take, though, Sevi? Because everybody's um, freaking out about it right now. But we got like it seems like we were like almost a couple well, generations away from having big problems. It's interesting in that like the whole world has been printing a lot of money, so it hasn't been like. You know, if you look at one currency versus the other, it hasn't been too, too bad. But like there's certainly countries like Argentina that have had a really tough time with that, obviously. Um, so you can definitely like countries can definitely become the next Argentina, especially if they're not having enough babies. And I think like Europe is really in big trouble. We're like we're talking about only like one point two children per family. So it that has a at least a generational effect of two generations. That's why. The Europe and the United States generally have been trying to just let as many illegal aliens as possible. Like, I shit you not, that's what's been happening. Like, U.S. has more illegals coming in today than babies born in America today, as a, as a reference. And the U.K. is becoming, like, I don't know, mostly Muslim anyway, um, as the vast well, majority. Yeah. The majority population in Europe it, within two generations will be Middle Eastern Muslim, and it will no longer be white people. That's for sure. We know that for 100% certainty now. It's too late. For like European culture as it stands today is gone as far as you can as far as you're concerned. Like within two generations, by the time you're an old man looking back, the number of like uh babies being born uh to white people in Europe is extinction level. Like that's how bad it is. It's not it's not sustainable. Yeah, but that, that, that's a planet level uh thing. Everyone's gonna be mixed in the next what, 10, 20 generations. It's gonna be very unlikely you'll see a full black baby, a full Asian baby, a full white this baby. This is true because... too. No, that's true too. That's, that's everyone's just gonna be mixed yeah so that, to be fair that's just the way it's always going to have gone yeah that's technology that, that. Was, yeah. that was coming through mobility anyway so it's, it's yeah, yeah, exactly, it's yeah. Bad. it is what it is i'm just pointing out like i don't care why people you know survive or not like i'm not too worried about it one way or the other i'm just pointing out like that this is just the direction it's been going so far and um and uh yeah a lot of uh like so like these vices and things like we were talking about smoking and drinking and whatever like it's if you already are having replacement problems and you're already having labor problems like the last thing you need to be doing is like figuring out new ways to kill yourselves like <laughs> this is a bad thing for civilization no I, I suspect what will happen is as countries like get into trouble with healthcare and other things they'll become increasingly draconian about stuff like alcohol drugs and everything else like it'll be like violence level prohibition like not not like the old days but like like serious hardcore totalitarianism arrives because like i don't know what it's like handmaid's tale type you know story that pretty much plays out eventually like because the public will will yearn for that they'll be like holy shit we don't have any babies left and we don't have any people left and all these towns are empty and 
what the fuck's going on here? And then all of a sudden, uh, when, when things are going sour, people are willing to do sour things generally, like historically, like, you know, look at, uh, how Nazi Germany emerged or how like a lot of the various like totalitarian dictatorships emerged, whatever. Right. They usually come out of like desperation to some extent. So yeah, like you, you, you don't want to see that happen. Yeah, it's quite sad as well because Hitler is one of the only politicians to actually deliver on everything he's promised. Um, yeah. it wasn't, it, it, it's actually really sad that throughout our entire history, it took that to be. Well, yeah. When you're the only one making all the decisions, you can make all you can, you can make whatever happen. <laughs> so yeah, but he made some bold promises like Germans will always have a holiday a year provided by the state, and he did. It was cruises. Uh, it was uh, you will all have wealth. It is. We will clean up the population so that everyone's got a job. He did. And he did, obviously he did it through shitty means. I'm not like justifying it at all, but it's just a case of that. As I know of, unless you can think of another one, is the only politician I know of in modern day history and by modern day, I mean the last hundred years to actually say, I'm going to do all these things and deliver on all these things and actually be popular about it. And not, I mean, depends on how you look at it and not fuck over your country at the same time. Yeah, like the the trouble with all like dictators is is they'll have some weird personality trait and they're going to do something really fucking bad. Like like with certain amount of power, it's just automatic that uh, the odds you're going to find some kind of saint or something is low. Even the and there's going to be a lot of people that will do in the name of like ideology will 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 pretty much kill for the for it. Like not because they believe it's the right thing to do is to kill a bunch of people. Like that's it's just a matter of time. Well, that's you know, they say, if you pick three people in a room, two people will form an idea and kill the third person because they don't conform to the idea. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, depending just on the that it is. Yeah, it depends on the situation, but yeah. Um, yeah. The, hmm. Yesterday, I sold my AKT um, at like, I don't know, three three fifteen or something. And... Um, I bought Adam with it, which was at nine, $9.40. And now Adam's at $10 and almost 10 cents. So it really is kind of like pumping fast. And I'm wondering if I'll sell that, <laughs> like that I just bought and maybe get like um, Zephyr because it's down to 1829. Yeah, it really lost its resistance, didn't just it? Keep, just keep rotating these things. Yeah. It legit is approved. I saw the SEC document. So congratulations, everybody. Okay. All right. So BTC is at forty six k now as a result of that. It'll take like the new, that news will take about. Uh, well, it takes twenty four hours. It will it take takes, till the market reopen. Yeah, but from retail, like water to get it to water cooler talk will take usually. You'll oftentimes have a trend that lasts several months. Imagine the psychology of this. So I made a post the other day, kind of as a shit post, but this is true. Like, the U.S. government spent the last ten years telling everybody that BTC was a scam. And then it was just, you know, garbage. And then they just approved it today at like, what, 46,000? So there's a lot of the people that are boomers and above that have been sitting there being told that this thing's a scam. And now they're about to oh, buy it yeah. at $46,000 tomorrow. Like, no, they're yeah. you, really, you really must not, must not use financial media of any sort to buy and sell either stocks or crypto or you are going to get fucking wrecked. Look at Jim Cramer. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, our, that's all of our parents, man. <laughs> you know, like when, when I was buying stock the last, like from October to about summer, like 
everybody on Twitter who was like macro LARPing was bearish and everyone was like waiting for the end of the world and like news media were not describing anything. Like they never, you'll notice by the way, financial media never describes what is down, like, you know, what, you know, what has like good PE ratios that are like, you know, nice and like in the buy position. Um, many of the analysts, like, you know how you get to those like Zacks and whatever, and a lot of stocks are analyzed by those analyst organizations. You'll notice that like, they're going to be in the extreme bearish, like literally that's what's called extreme bearish kind of like stance. Even, even though the stock is down like 80% and you're like, what the fuck's wrong with these people? All you have to do down, go down, go, whatever you're using, Argus, Zacks, all those things. All you have to do is go down that list and go every single extreme bearish thing on there and buy a little bit of each of them. The probability that some of those are going to pop a lot is really good. It's really that simple. Like you don't have to do anything special for stocks. It's so stupid. Like if you like, if you go by the time, like the media likes to talk about stocks like CNBC, by that point it's in the green and it's already pumped and they like to talk about stuff in the green a lot. So you are basically buying the top oftentimes when you're buying something that's headlined on uh, those agencies, you know, those organizations. They rarely like to highlight the companies that are high quality that are in the red. Like their, their calls are, well, it's not that, it's just how human beings interpret it. Most people don't like to buy something and then it goes down 20, 30%, period. Like nobody likes this. They want the thing in the green and they want it to get the stuff that their friend said is going up. And so by that point, you've already like priced in 20% gain or something and it's just too late. So you like when people say buy the fear or whatever, like the Warren Buffett way, the reality is that most people don't do this. Like they just don't. <laughs> That's why like I can tell too on Twitter because like, you know, three or four people actually respond to any tweet related to stocks and or zero people respond. So that that makes me assume that if I truly had Let's say I have 10,000 actual followers, like maybe they're not robots or whatever, fake accounts or some bullshit. Like the fact that nobody notices that stuff and nobody says anything tells me that most people are fucking poor. That's what it means. Like either someone's poor because and they don't have the money to buy any stocks or B, they're poor because like they have done stupid financial decisions their entire lives. That's why they're not paying attention during this when the stock. There, there was a C, and I was a C, and I was that I don't invest in stocks. I remember yeah. going on your post, being like, "Come back to us, Effie." Yeah, We're yeah, in crypto. No, it's, which is which is fine too. Like, it's fine if you don't at all. I'm just pointing out, like, the people that do though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those tickers, like so. If you look at how Twitter works, like you post a ticker, ticker, whatever. Like, if people are searching for a ticker, they'll find your post because how many people are posting about intuitive surgical stock? Probably zero. Yeah, the cash tag. Yeah, the number of people that actually notice this are going to be small. But that tells me because the trends are that people aren't looking for those things when the prices are low, 99% of people simply aren't buying the bottoms, period. Like, there's that statistically has to be true. And uh, when it's pumping, everyone starts talking about stuff. And that's where. Like, so those are the hardest buys too. I was telling my wife, like when you're buying those, those like bottoms where you're like, it's super hard to do it. Those are sometimes like some of the best gains that you can ever make on anything. Oh yeah. And not only that, but like when you're buying bottoms, there's, you're almost surely going to have half your stocks go down below the bottom you bought at. 
So it's yeah, not exactly. Like, That's what I mean. Like it feels sometimes it feels really bad. Like it, like it, it feels terrible to be buying those because, and then yeah. it obviously like, it, it's just like human emotion that you're fighting against the whole time. Like it's down like a stock, like a blue chips down, like it's price to earnings ratio is really low. It's dividend yield is relatively high at that level. It's, um, it's chart looks like it's down, like, you know, 70% from the high or some shit. And you're still looking for a, a, a more of a bottom than that. It's like, how greedy do you have to get, really? And if it got, drops below that, like, let's say it goes down another 5%. Well, okay, fine. You're, you already have screened this stock. You've already noticed that it's at the bottom already or close. And that you could comfortably buy, add to any one of your bags because you already bought them when they're down. So if they go down even further, you're, you know that the bottom's coming close. Like, wherever that is, it's coming. And you, you just have to realize that... Um, you know, these are easy ones to add to at that point. But yeah, it's like a pretty straightforward thing. And then like um, so many things I picked up like are at like 52 week highs now. And I picked them up like way lower than here. Almost everything in my stock portfolio is green now. Um, there's a few laggards that I post periodically, but um, I think the lithium sector is still wrecked, uh, for example. So like, again, these sector things are funny because like, all the hedge fund managers do, they're like, oh, wait a minute, like what hasn't pumped yet? And then they'll go pump whatever's at the bottom, right? They'll keep accumulating. So like, you don't have to see, say like, oh, look, it's down 30% or, oh no, it's down to 50 now. Um, I'm not going to add any more. You usually can um, because it doesn't matter how shitty this actual stock is. Like these fund managers just simply like dump money into them because they have money to spend and they've everything else has already run up. So they pick the sector that hasn't moved yet and they jump onto that. Pretty typical stuff. Let me look at some of that right real quick. Like, like I think my highest performers were SL Green, the real estate company in Manhattan. It's up 113%. Coinbase up 80% from my last buy. Jackson Financial up 60%. Riot, the Bitcoin miner, is up 57%. AMD. The chip manufacturer up. I bought it like it's up fifty three percent from when I bought it. That's insane. You know that was my Perfect. first big win actually in the stock market. I should say this AMD. I bought it at thirty bucks. Nice. There you go. Yeah, it's cost basis. Like it's like now at ninety. You know, near a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, that was back in like two thousand fifteen though. Actually, my cost basis is ninety six that I just bought it. And I made this as a new portfolio though, so this is not like my old stocks or whatever else this what good stock do you have that are, that are paying dividends i need that's something that i was going to ask you about the other day that I, need, I do want to i do want to diversify and get some of those now that i'm I bought pretty much every dividend earning stock on the market i mean like everything i kid you not so when you ask that question it's like wait a minute what do you mean <laughs> like, well, I have like, a lot of stocks um that's what, what, so, I mean, in my in, in my um portfolio i have nothing that is like stocks that are paying dividends which is the other day i don't know why but i just had like a fomo um thought to get into so some of them take for example um I'll, I'll just give you an example so while the market was wrecked i bought truest financial because all of the everyone was worried about like the mid-sized banks crashing yeah yeah and um when i picked up truest so it shows my position is like up 40 percent from my original buys um and i bought a lot of this one and um its current yield at the current stock price is like 5.5 percent but when i bought the stock it was like seven and a half percent is my basis so there's not a great reason for me to sell my position because not only is it in the green but my relative dividend yield is fantastic um here's another one for example amgen 
which is one of the premier sort of like um, high tech genetics companies. Um, I bought a pile of that and I'm up 37%. Its current dividend yield is like 3%. But when I picked it up, I think it was like around five. So when I was buying, it was like I was posting like generational buys. Like if anyone had bought everything I just posted on there, you'd just basically be doing extraordinarily well now. <laughs> like like everything I have is up except for like a few that are just lagging. And even those like they'll probably come up if I just wait a while. I bet you those energy stocks do well this year. That's that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the energy like Saudis um, reduced the, the, the like the they, they're they're sending out a lot more oil so like the energy stuff has dropped a bit so for sure like right now the like where one should be dcaing in i would say is the energy stocks now again so like you've had a nice pullback on those yeah i bet you in phase has good upside they uh what do you mean by energy? Like, uh, like, like, like petroleum oil. or like yeah, oil? Anything, oil. Pet, anything petrochem. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, kind of okay. talking uh, solar stocks too, but yeah. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is like solar or like lithium? Solar stocks and all got really beat down. Um, I think a lot of it was solar stocks California are, had regulation. Solar and lithium, solium, solar and lithium are both beat down. So like any small buys in those are probably rational. Yeah. Um, electric car companies like Neo and whatever in China, um, they're knocked down. Um, as well so like those are easy ones to pick up um some of the food companies are still um laggards relatively speaking hormel and general mills and all these type of things um mosaic fertilizer so yeah quite a few things are sort of down because oil prices went down but that means that this is exactly when you start dcing into those they're like um oil and all these things they're not down so much that you'd go all in or something like these are like more dca level like pullbacks, I would say. Um, but like, you know, ExxonMobil and all these things are pretty safe as far as like, you're not, they're not going to zero, obviously. And um, you can DCA into them quite nicely. But a lot of stuff like crazy shit, like I bought Bassett Furniture. Like, why did I buy Bassett Furniture? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Up, It's like that furniture store. Yeah. And um, I bought a little bit of that. And like, I only got it because like the relative. I didn't even know they were a stock or they are a publicly traded company. Yeah, BSET. I didn't know that either until this last year. And I, I was just digging through dividend stocks, just finding as many as I could to diversify into. And um, the, everything was so wrecked in terms of price action. Um, I think when I bought the thing, I don't know what it was, but it was like down almost like it went down even like 30% from the time I bought it. And then I just kept adding in it. Um, kind of a very small position. I just kept doubling up on it. So now I'm like break even. But at this current um, stock price, the, the yield is like 4.76%. At the price I bought it at, again, it was probably 7 plus percent dividend yield, right? Because the, the stocks got beaten down so far relative to the dividend. And, um, you know, unless you expect like, and, you know, legitimately, like you might, inflation might cause a situation where people are buying less expensive furniture or something that's possible because it's a little bit more of a luxury kind of brand. But um, yeah, a lot of these, there's a whole, like, look, just digging through my list, it's like, Energy is down a bit. Um, luxury car manufacturers are down. So that would be like Volkswagen, Porsche, Mercedes, like anything that it, any company that owns luxury car brands, like I think Volkswagen owns like Lamborghini and some other ones. All of those things are down because of inflation and because like the cost of uh, borrowing is high. So like my Porsche position is down 12.3%, but like it has an obscene dividend. Like what was it? Like, let me see here. It was, um, 
like even at this price, the current dividend is 5.5%. Um, and my position is down 12%. So um, like POAHY is like Porsche Automobile Holdings. And um, like at these levels, it's a very, very fairly priced like stock where, um, you know, where it kind of makes sense. Um, like compared to like the dividend yield and such. So, and I, and I think it went down almost like minus 20%, but I added some more at that level. So I kind of um, like my average uh, came down quite quickly. So I'm only down about 12%. But I mean, here's the thing, like if I'm getting like a, I don't remember what it was, like an 8% dividend yield, I, I only have to wait one year to like balance out the cost of the stock, right? And then I'm basically have the stock for, I have the dividend yield at high rates forever, right? Like I can hold that for probably the next 20 years and be fine. So like, yeah, you want like cash flow earning stocks for sure um, that are uh, just sort of floating around back there, just making you money every day. Um, this is a very helpful thing to have. Um, and, and, and again, like, is it a good time to be buying this shit now? Maybe not. Um, it was a good time when I picked this stuff up, but that's, you know, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, well, there's going to be another dip though. And that's what I'm like trying to get educated on. And, and so, right. That's why I've been writing all these stickers down and figuring shit out. Yeah, some of these things though, like there are legit generational buys where it's like you you really want to be paying heavy attention at that time, and there's other stuff that's like at a level that's not really super low, so it becomes more DCA type thing. Yeah. But here's the thing, like what what I would recommend doing is like you you take your little portfolio, um, go like Fidelity's pretty good, and what you do is you go in there and you just buy one of each stock. So oh, like, for the like portfolio tracker thing where like yeah, you're saying like, yeah. you track it every day and if you see yeah, a good just buy, get, you, just yeah. get one of everything like just you know that way because the problem is if you just have a paper trade somewhere like you're not ready and you know when you open your app up you need to go like ooh, um exxon mobile's down 10 percent today i'm in right like you don't want to be like comparing like tickers on a daily basis you want to paper trade or at least have like a download an app that you know like you know how coin gecko like lets you do this on uh any coin you want, you can, you can like, you know, put a portfolio together of all the coins you like, yeah. put like one coin worth, and then it'll show you how much you're down on your total. Yeah. Um, so those kinds of paper trading apps are really useful because then you go, cause it's, it's not when you buy it, but it's also when you first noticed it, right? Your friend tells you, Hey, by the way, this company's interesting. You're like, okay. And what happens is most people ignore all of that, right? They ignore like any advice they get, they ignore like interesting companies. And what you, all you do is just simply just uh, like either buy one share of each or in a paper trading app, just buy one, put in one share. And then now you have it all bookmarked. And then when you open that up every day, you go, oh, look, of my hundred things, this thing's down 10%. I wonder why. Then you look at the news and you go, okay, yeah, it's because of something, something. Their sales are down because people aren't eating as much dog food or whatever. And like, and then you just basically like, go, okay, but that's not a reason for them to close down. I think they'll survive 10% down. Great. I'm getting a discount. Their price to earnings ratio is compressed. I'm going to get a share of it. And so you can basically just scale in like that. And you have like a watch list of all the stuff that you've already predefined. So it's, it's pretty easy at that point. And then like another thing too, is you, 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 um, you prioritize for those things that pay out a dividend and you prioritize the things that have like lower PE ratios. Um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So that way, like you're getting stuff that's the most wrecked or the most likely to have sustained cash flow over time. And one of the reasons why energy companies are pretty good is you can basically dynamic DCA into any 
petrochemical company or something like that because they have a dividend yield source all the time, right? So like the cheaper the stock price goes, the better the yield relative to that becomes. And you can just basically buy increasing amounts at, at those levels. It works really nicely. Do you Tech roll your stocks, dividends back in back into the um, stock, or do you keep like keep it on the side? No, like so. The way that like your portfolio works, like in Fidelity, is your cash just keeps showing up in your account. You pay your dividend yield taxes, you know. Yeah, but isn't there like a way to roll it back in and buy more shares? I thought uh, when uh, I was using Vanguard, you could no. do both. Like, you could do both. Not no, because you might not have enough dividend to own a full share, right? So oh yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. the thing is, yeah, this is not like Robinhood or whatever, where you could do something like that, um, where fractional shares. What you do is you just let the cash come in, and you know, eventually you'll go. Oh wait, I'm going to get a little bit of that. I have extra cash here. You can use your dividends to get more stuff. Yeah, but you. But the, here's the thing, like. Why would you want to just get the same stock that you got the dividend from? No, of course that not. I'm not, not yeah, and, and that's why I was asking you what your yeah. strategy is, because I don't, I don't know the, what's the right one. That may not be the cheapest stock available that day. Like, let's yeah. say that day that you get your dividends come in, it's like, hey, this stock is down 10%. That one's only down 2% or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you could, you could be discount shopping with your cash that's, like, accumulating there. And uh, so that's a nice way to, like, always have some cash coming in. Um, to throw dividends are counted as capital gains or income? They're counted as dividend gains, which are okay. maximum like 20% tax rate or whatever. Got it. Okay. So they are a different category then altogether. Yeah. It's not like long-term capital or just pure income. It's dividend income. Yeah. Interest and dividend all wrap under that same banner, uh, yeah. like 20% or whatever. Yeah. Which is good. Like it's like owning a business. Um, you know, it, it's like, yeah, having a lot of dividend stocks is like owning a business. Ultimately, you, uh, you just keep adding to them. And then like that cash flow uh, keeps coming in for the rest of your life or whatever. So, yeah, dividend stocks are quite useful, um, like to at least have some fraction of a, a person's portfolio in that. Like so if you like, for example, if one were to sell a bunch of crypto during a bull market, uh, a reasonably rational thing to do is go dump it into like like a petrochemical ETF. Or something like that that gives you like four to five percent dividend yield if you can get it, um, or you just dump it into cash in that account, make your five percent interest rate um, on the money market fund, and then wait for the stock market to dump. And if it dumps, then then deploy your cash. Don't you don't even have to like you know do it immediately. That's what I'm doing. That's currently is I got you know some money sitting in a money market account collecting until I figure yeah. out what to do with it for like a crash or something. Yeah, and I think like. Um, when I was posting a lot about it, it was kind of like the good time to be picking stuff up. I haven't yeah. added much stock lately. Now I've just like the last, what, three, four months, I've been only buying crypto stuff. Um, because it's like, it's, it's the better, it was the better ROI at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're coming into Bitcoin happening by April. I mean, like that alone will drive the memes sufficiently enough to pump like a 2x, right? Like on, on, on alts and stuff. So it's, it's, it takes quite a while to get a 2x in, in stocks. So um, at these levels, like, like I mentioned, like the, the, just the buys I made today, like um, the Litecoin and the Dogecoin or whatever, like just those alone will probably 2x long before most of my stocks do, like way before. I mean, not financial advice or anything like that, but like the odds are pretty good. Like I picked up Adam yesterday at 940. And it's now a 1006 as an example. Um, I picked up like, uh, yeah, like Doge. I just got it today. I'm up already a little bit. Um, what happened to my, that Litecoin? Yeah, Litecoin's up another already at 1.3%. So yeah, with this ETF stuff, these proof of work projects, I think are going to 
like um, readily 2x within a, sh- a lot shorter period of time than than Bitcoin will. Like if you were to ask, like, is it more sensible at this moment to buy LTC at this price or Bitcoin at the current price? For sure, Litecoin here, like comparatively, like the probability of upside. I think a good barometer is ETH right now, like totally ripping against BTC is pretty funny. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's, it? it's over um, 2,500 right now. It's like it's like tearing against the BTC pair. Let me see here. It, it bottomed literally like right when that fake tweet came out. It's, it's, it's always funny how the space works. Like, of course, ETH bottoms like right when everyone is paying attention to BTC. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Yeah, Adam and Ether both like running today. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, we're at twenty five seventeen. So yeah, steadily climbing. Well, ETH is breaking out of like uh, a one month consolidation. And on the BTC right? pair especially because BTC is down right now, like from forty seven k. So on on that pair, it has like pumped. It's pretty crazy. Oh, it's also sure. funny though because everybody like gets all excited about like two percent. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. It's like it's like that meme with that guy <laughs> yeah. with his mouth open with one percent in it. I mean, it is up. It's up like fifteen percent, I think. So you know, that's kind of a good move. Yeah, it's breaking out of this like sideways consolidation for a month or so. And if ETH runs, it's like Chainlink is most definitely going to run. So that becomes a given. In yeah. fact, Chainlink. Uh, I bought it at four twenty today. It's at four fifty three now. Like it's it is absolutely primed and due for a run to 32, in my opinion. Like, I've been waiting for that for the past two months and saying the same fucking thing over and over again. <laughs> but like, um, timing is the tricky part, but as long as you have a little bit of patience and you can wait a number of months, like, it's just like, it's just gonna happen. Like, and Chainlink at 32 puts it a stone throw away from its all-time high. And like I said before, there's only certain coins that can make it back to all-time high again. and. Um, like I think Chainlink legitimately can make it back to all time high and break that aggressively if uh, when the time comes. So like yeah, there's certain things that it's not like like Litecoin and Dogecoin. Like okay, fine. Like if Litecoin makes a two x, I'll be comfortable. I'll be happy. Fine. But like, is that? And I'm only getting that because I think they can do that relatively fast. And um, if those do well, then I can just simply sell them. I don't intend to hold Litecoin long term. I don't care about it that much. I can then use that and then like go ape into something with it. Um, so I like to like get gains and then ape into smaller shit with those gains, not necessarily like, um, you know, throw no capital at everything. Um, it's like the, 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 the reward for playing the game correctly is to play the game longer. <laughs> it's like you're in Vegas or something. And if you use up all your money and you have nothing left to play, then you sit and wait and bag hold. Nice. I'm gonna I'm tell you something. When the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, you gonna love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning, and I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun, and then I'm like one out of a hundred. I'm just building up on it to some of everything we built during the last hundred upsets. You're getting salty, feeling faulty. You ain't no man. I keep robo here, grinning ear to ear, throwing up anarchy, smoking toilet trees. Spitting philosophies, look at the dossier We rack like geology, there's layers to this shit Like it's sedimentary, all these little onion peels Getting torn off and buried, imagine the smell That shit is a vital experience Without knowing how you will not survive, period uh, <laughs> It's a fucking trip, man Jimmy, if you Jimmy, if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spaceship alive, you little troglodyte bastard. I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house, son. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and mad dogs, man. 
just a little laugh, man. Go on. Fuck off, man. Do one. Fuck off. Harmony. Near near the one. Do you looking for a fucking job? You fucking idiot. You've just been fucking at my death. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy I'm just here for the corporation sponsor lobotomy Feels like I won the lottery Like I'm ghosting this pottery Chill, Demi Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle You would try to train your muscle Air dropping like a fatal hustle But the pay is buzzing Think of all the loss of crew Just to pick up off the tricky custom Not to hear all those sub-dows Would make up for something I guess it just goes to show The fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here I like my little silo It's better than watching them fight over How to divide my time between Sitting at the desk and the ride home Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi Zapdos and Mole, they shipping more than five guys Console open, waiting for the kamikaze When the flash phone bang, they feeling like paparazzi Snapshot motherfuckers We got layers, meteora jawbreaker We cracking a lot of craters We wrapping a lot of pay dirt Maxing out relators Imagine the smell, five dollar wrench to your Darth Vader It's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance That everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators we are. Know we know where they live. And we're, and we're going to their house. And we're going to a range. To their big range. And we will attack them with the range. And then we will take their validator home physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the, the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench, and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash uh, their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop, don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just give us your validator note, and then they give it to us, and we drive it to China. Ten spaces.